0: Quick, Greg, what's your top three traits about me? Um, You're short. Um, You don't like the look in mirrors. Um, I think that you're a vampire. Those are my top three favorite things about Daniel Zafrin.
1: My three favorite things about Greg. Whenever I throw rice on the ground, he has to count it. (laughs) Since we're on the topic of top threes, let's remind everybody that for next month's episode, we are going to be ranking our top three blank things in Los Angeles. So like top three hamburgers, top three hosts who are vampires, top three freeways. What we want from you is these things that we are going to rank. We want you to suggest them. So this will be sort of a listener submitted episode. So we want you to send in what you want us to rank our top three of. So you can do that. You can go to la.meekly at gmail.com or you can send it to us on Instagram, la underscore meekly. Or if you want to leave it in a review on Apple Podcasts, if you haven't done that for us yet and you have an iphone that's a good uh you know it's an icebreaker and also get these to us asap because it is next month's episode and don't let bystander syndrome set in with you and think oh someone else will do it guess what you're the only one listening mm-hmm. it's <laughs> you. just you it's totally you. yeah it was only you have all along you know who you are only you are asking questions
0: and no one else.
1: So, again, send us in what you want us to rank of our top three things about Los Angeles in different categories and we'll do it for the next episode and we'll say your name on the air. That's the most important part. But now, it's time for this month's episode. Oh, no! I'm not ready! (laughs) Top three uh, three excuses (laughs) yet. (laughs) Top three ways to call into a bomb threat to a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) What do you keep looking at out the window?
0: Your neighbor uh, dressed in skimpy clothes is going down the stairs. <laughs> Greg, I have no neighbors. <gasps> ghost from 20 years ago? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> that's,
1: that's the ghost of when women had modesty in this country.
0: <laughs> it's weird because since... Your sketchy neighbors have left from downstairs, not to talk too loud because I mind uh, a <laughs> all your other neighbors seem sketchy. Like they spread it out.
1: Yeah. It was it was Pandora's box. Yeah. And Pandora's box moved out, but it turned into like Pandora's like ring, like what do you put an engagement ring on? Oh, right, I guess right, that's right, still right. a box. It's still a box. I don't know how big Pandora's box is. They never specified. <laughs> and a Pandora never tells. Yeah.
0: Pandora's <laughs> box is gonna need Pandora's dolly.
1: Pandora's box
0: is so big.
1: How big is it? It wouldn't even hold the elephant man's grandma,
0: who was an elephant. Who was the true, yeah. The true elephant. The true elephant in the room was the elephant man's grandma.
1: Let us not address the elephant man in the room. (laughs) So. When you hear about The Elephant Man, you know, because I think this is two months in a row that we've talked about The Elephant Man. Yeah. You know you're listening to L.A. Meekly, the Los Angeles history podcast. The Elephant Man of podcasts. (laughs) We are not a successful (laughs) podcast. We're just a podcast. (laughs) What else does The Elephant Man say? Take this bag off my head? Yeah, he says that. Um, Take this bag off my (laughs) head. I was produced by Mel Brooks. Isn't that weird? (laughs) alternate lines from the elephant yeah man. yeah
0: stop asking if I have a big trunk I don't know elephant <laughs> like that
1: I don't like piano keys not because it's from my body but just the ethics of it in general <laughs> but the L- la meekly a Los Angeles history podcast where we talk about Los Angeles history this is Daniel Zaron I almost said this was Greg Gonzalez that
0: would have been a shame this is Greg Gonzalez yeah this is what he sounds like this I am Greg. Gonson. I am Greg. And then, yeah, I don't even know your name. Yeah. I'm
1: am, I am Dredge Gungalas. I'm Dredge Chinchilla.
0: I'm Craig Garbanzola. What was it? Say it again. Slow. Well,
1: I, I and mean, what was it? I know we're a little deep into this, but I, what is your name? Yeah, I I'm just so forgot. Sorry. I'm so sorry. What is your name? It'd be
0: so funny. The, there must have been a slave who uh, got Spartacus's name wrong <laughs> and it broke the chain. I am Spielberg. Oh, no, oh what, wait, what I were you it? all saying? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I showed, I'm a new slave. Sorry. Uh, yeah, I just transferred. I just
1: transferred from, <laughs> just transferred from
0: Eritrea. <laughs> and boy, are my, everything's tired. Boy, is my bloodline tired. Yeah, he broke the, <laughs> and it, and like the, the magic of the moment uh, ended. Anyways, enough about sketches that would have been great in yeah. the History, for of, the the history of the World three. Part
1: 3. It's coming. It's coming. Uh, should we address this guy or no? Yeah. So if you hear any, you won't hear any dingling because he doesn't have a bell, No, which would be good because I never know where he is. But if you hear some light mewing or purring or me yelling and stuff falling over, that's because there's a new cat in the room. There's a new animal in the L.A. Meekly
0: menagerie. Mm -hmm. Step aside, Ringo. (laughs) You don't have to, hey, walk together. Walk yeah. it, side walk by God. side. Yeah. <laughs> when there was only one pair of paw prints going into the pool. <laughs> That's when I knew Ringo had ran away yeah. after something. <laughs> That's when you knew that the cat had just jumped on something really high and then made <laughs> it into a pool a different way. But there's a new
1: cat in the Ellie Meekly family, Phantom Meekly. Phantom Meekly. If you look on our Instagram, you'll see a picture of him. He's tried editing, mm-hmm. uh, much to my...
0: Uh, screams of don't do that. He likes to let things linger. You know, he likes to make things real. He doesn't really like to edit he li- that and much. You
1: know, he he doesn't like my labeling system for the files. He likes to label all files as AFJ. <laughs> he loves that. It
0: makes sense in cat. It's more of a cat joke. Um, <laughs> this one's for the cats. You have a cat that's staring directly at me. Like he's, his body's laying in one direction, but his head is full turned. Well, he's trying to steal me. your breath.
1: All of the things that... Old women in Bavaria say cats do. He does. All he does of them. all. The,
0: he's the old Bavarian cat.
1: Now he's just. <laughs> he was just playing with catnip, so he's probably hallucinating. You look like you've a chicken bake that's on your table. <laughs> so yes, yeah, if you hear anything, uh, that's him. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I've been trying to wrangle for the last week.
0: Fear and loathing in apartment fourteen. Am I right? Um, <laughs> don't tell people what apartment I'm in. Uh, he's a baby though. He's a little sweet boy. He's a baby. He has a um like Harry Houdini haircut. It's not a haircut, but like the white, the black the, on his face is like a, peak. yeah, it's like split perfectly <laughs> down the side. He looks like, um.
1: Well, he, I did put him in a barrel and throw him over Niagara Falls <laughs> and
0: he somehow escaped. He is a little rascal. A lot of people don't talk about. <laughs>
1: so that's the cat. That's mm-hmm. the elephant man. Yeah. That's the cat in the room. Uh, before we get into this episode, we have some new Patreon people to welcome oh, in. Oh, people, not just person.
0: People. People. Not just
1: cats this time.
0: People. Keep on subscribing. Um, that didn't, I, I was hoping that. Would rhyme better, people around the world. uh Wait, what? Well, how does that song? I don't go? even people remember. Yeah, like I would have way. to call you. You would be my lifeline yeah. if I had a Sugar Ray question.
1: <laughs> no, I wasn't even doing Sugar uh, Ray.
0: I was doing Smash <laughs> map <laughs> yeah.
1: So yeah, for one million dollars, yeah. what is on the corner of my girlfriend's four-post bed? <laughs>
0: I've got to call him. I got to call. I got to call my guy. Like- oh, I watched the other one. Um, <laughs> what's the the? Um, oh no, I watched The Weakest Link. Sorry. Uh, Greg, I know the answer. Deal. <laughs> so again, let's
1: welcome in these Patreon people. Yes, I call that any of them on my uh, last live Yeah, lifeline. they're all my. They don't
0: know they legally signed up to be our lifeline if yes. we go on a show that isn't on the air anymore.
1: <laughs> Read the fine print, dummies. <laughs> this month we are welcoming in one of these people is related to you. I assume everybody is related to you, but one of them again this time actually is related to you. Ruth Castillo Rios. Oh,
0: Ruth Castillo Rios. That's three words. One of the sweetest people I've ever got to know. Who is
1: she? Is your cousin? My Aunt? cousins? wife cousin's wife okay so she's nothing to you <laughs> uh le- legally no okay. i i edited it so that it sounded like you were putting the emphasis the way that it sounded but this is what it really sounded like when you said that legally no <laughs> and
0: you were rubbing your hands together <laughs> like a fly if-, if she passes i don't inherit anything is what i meant by that yeah. the court the courts would have a trouble figuring out how I got the life insurance policy. Yeah, it would not make a lot You of inherited
1: her life insurance policy yeah. when she died. You don't get the money. You just get just the coverage. The, I get the policy. Uh, uh, it's not that bad. No. I'm. Hey, the bank's always trying to call me about life insurance. I think we got an arsenical life situation <laughs> going on here. So after that, we have Amber Brooks. Oh, hi, Amber. Welcome aboard. Not related to either of us. No. And then this is breaking Patreon news. Literally, wrong podcast. Literally, right before we pressed record, I got an email saying this person signed up to be our patron. Jennifer June. Hi, Jennifer
0: June. JJ. She's
1: a, a fifth cousin of January Jones.
0: Yeah, that's funny. <laughs>
1: yeah. Is that the, yeah, that's the January to mm-hmm. June. That's five months. Yeah. Man, I'm good at math. Wow. <laughs> Still got it. Right, right, Phantom? Right.
0: It only took me writing it down a couple of times, but I sure got it. I am fast. I did
1: a full re- astrology chart <laughs> since we got that so I can make that joke. So you got in just in time, Jennifer yep. June. Good timing.
0: Uh, yeah, he was. It was in between scolding a cat when he was like, oh, a new person. So that you got in just in time. Any later than that, he has still been yelling at the cat. I have become the Tweety Bird in my own
1: house. <laughs> so yeah, thanks to our new Patreon supporters. And yeah, YouTube, if you go to patreon.com slash LA Meekly, you can support us for any amount. You will get a sticker just for joining. But if you sign up for the $5 level, you'll get a postcard handwritten mailed to you every
0: single month. Every month. Every Gosh darn Every month. month! I'll be looking at your name and address, and like I don't even know where that is, and then send it off. Where the
1: hell is Arcadia?
0: <laughs> I don't know where these people live. I, I have my guy do it. Yeah, zone. my guy. <laughs> yeah, my guy's all over it. He's very discreet.
1: So, again, before we get into this month, what what's something you did in last month, the month of June?
0: June. I forgot that that was a part of this podcast. Why don't you go first, and I'll go through my photos. The, oh, oh, I met this cat. Yeah, this wonderful little cat. Well,
1: let me tell you about my thing of the month. Okay, please do. Like you just said I should. Yeah. So I was looking for a new book to read. Okay. And I was, you know, uh, okay, I could read the dictionary again yeah. or the Bible for the 17th
0: time. I'm just so learned. <laughs> I'm <laughs> so, so I'm so learned.
1: Uh, I guess I could restart the entire works of Shakespeare. <laughs> it is summertime and that is what I do, but- I decided to read Zorro, but not just any Zorro, because you know I love Zorro. I love the Zorro. original Zorro. I've watched the Disney TV show Zorro. I'm even looking forward to Fez being Zorro. <laughs> but I decided to read because I've always been f- shocked and fascinated the fact that Isabel Allende wrote a Zorro book. Right. So I decided to read that, and it is great. Is it? And the reason I'm picking it is because it is. You know, Zorro's always been in Los Angeles, but, yeah. you know, his story, eh, let me tell you the Zorro story. It, it never really was like, yeah, it's in Los Angeles and that's it. Yeah. That's a, the, as far, like mentioning the San Gabriel mission, like that's the extent to which mm-hmm. it being in Los Angeles was a factor. Sure. But Isabel Allende's version is like history of LA with Zorro tied into it. Like, right.
0: Like they go into. It's oh, no, kinda, no, Harry Chandler. This time, uh, uh, I stop the presses and he like stabs them in the, in the arm. No big text.
1: You <laughs> will not kill Sharon Tate tonight for I. <laughs> um, Sorry to interrupt. Go ahead. Well, so, okay, so, you know, they talk about like the tar pits and mm-hmm. like the hills, the Hollywood hills and stuff like that, but. The biggest thing, we've talked about her on the show, Toy Perina, who, oh, right. a native who led a revolt against the San Gabriel mission. Mm-hmm. In this story, they call her Toy for some reason. She is Zorro's mom. Whoa. So Zorro is actually part Native American. And he is, it, it's just really, really good that he, like, the reason he become Zorro is basically because he saw what the Spanish were doing to half of his family, the Native American side of his family. And he's like, this cannot continue.
0: Half of me is really mad right now. The other half loves yeah. it. <laughs> half of me, it's just like, they had to suffer so I can drink champagne. Uh, well, but the other half of me is like, this has got to stop.
1: The, his dad, though, is the Alcalde of oh, Los really? Angeles. So uh, Pico. <laughs> no, it's, <laughs> Heard it's of them Diego de la Pico. What is his name? In this? <laughs> But I, it's just really, you know, it's if ever there was a book written for me, this is yeah, it. like it's it's so it's so much fun. That's great. It's almost historical fiction, almost, but yeah. it's really fun. And if you like LA history and you have any any inkling towards justice, you're going to want to read this book.
0: You know, it that reminds me, I, I've been wanting. I think it's. I'm pretty sure it's okay. Wait, I got to look it up because I know it's not Michael Crichton. Isabella Allende
1: rewrote Jurassic Park to make it. Tied into the early days of Los, yeah, Los Angeles. Yeah, she tied it into the Chinese
0: massacre. I'm pretty sure it's the same James Patterson who writes. How many James Pattersons could there be? Exactly. I'm pretty sure it's James Patterson. James Patterson, the, the you know, kiss the girls and all the, like the right wrote the the shadow like a like a novelization oh, you're or not me. a novelization, but he wrote like a like the shadow.
1: Is there a whole subgenre of like? yesteryear, uh, superheroes being rewritten by modern,
0: I hope so. Like modern established writers yeah. who are writing other things. And then like, you know, <laughs> all this superhero stuff's taking off. I guess this is a good time to say, I like the rocketeer a lot. And here's my very serious take on the rocketeer. Yeah. I want to read, uh, what's an, what's a single author that's uh writing. To oh my me. God. All the authors I know are dead. I just thought about that right now. Oh no. Oh no, I only read dead people. I've been asleep
1: for 100 years. <laughs> See, the only uh, the only writer I could think of was J.K. Rowling. Oh my god. And I was like, "Can't pick her. How about Robert Galbraith, <laughs> which is her pen name?" And <laughs> Why can't I, I work at a library. Yeah. Why can't I think of a current modern author? Cause we read such old things.
0: And then we also read mostly history things. <laughs> true. Yeah.
1: I want to hear the history of the Crips in the blood <laughs> as told by Dogman. Dav, Dav <laughs> Pilkey. I want to hear Dav Pilkey's take on the phantom, <laughs> not this phantom. James
0: Alroy's Nancy Drew series. There we go.
1: <laughs> also dead. No, he's alive. And he's alive. Um, <laughs>
0: So tell me, what, what is it that this you did this past month? month? Vidiot's open finally, the right. uh, revival. I feel like you've been picking Vidiot's for months of what, that, of your thing of the month. I've been, my thing of the month is I'm waiting for Vidiot's to open, and Vidiot's <laughs> opened. And I became a member because I, I love Vidiot's. Vidiot's when I was in Santa Monica, and they have a theater and a little bar now, and I've, I've only gone like two times, but it's uh, it's really good. So you went, you've went you gone to the new one already? I've gone to the video store. I haven't gone to the movies yet because the okay. movies are, their schedule doesn't work with my work schedule at the moment, but at, since the month is going on, they're more and more leaning towards like, oh, we'll show something at seven thirty instead of seven, which is like, oh, mm. I can make that. <laughs> so far, they their catalog, a the working man, a working man in a, yeah, matinee, matinee, <laughs> a working <man> as matinee. <laughs> but their schedule for like the next month that looks fantastic, and they what are they
1: already- showing? Are they showing old stuff? Yeah, or- they show
0: old stuff. They've been showing old stuff, and then they've been showing like, um, they'll have like a presentation with people and speakers and oh. stuff about like, I, I, I think they have like short films playing too.
1: So it's like a, a, like a revival theater. A different different era theater or like a new yeah. old town music, not old yeah. town musical, a new silent movie theater.
0: Yes. A, a little bit like that. Yeah. It, okay. It's going to be in the Pantheon, all the revival theaters that we have that are fantastic, that have great Good. speakers and everything. Plus they have a bar and a video store attached to it. I think that's a fantastic mix of everything. Cause how many times do you go to, the Arrow or Los Feliz 3, and you see a movie, and you're like, I got to rent it again right now! And then now you have uh-huh. the option to do yeah, that. The only thing in the store is that movie. Yeah. Separate, I also went to... Um, I pick two. pick just we We're talking about going to the movies. I went to go see They Shoot Horses, Don't They, in hmm. The Arrow, at The Arrow, which is in Santa Monica, and the story takes place in Santa <laughs> Monica, and it felt really good. I'm going to do the same thing in, for Inherent Vice coming up, because it also takes place on, well, in Venice.
1: if we can pick two, I went to see Fantasia at the Academy Museum That's boring. No, it's not. You hate art. You hate, this is what you want. Oh, I'm going to dance forever. No, I'm going to fill water in a thing forever.
0: (laughs) A bunch of brooms are going to come after me. (laughs) The broom movie. The broom movie.
1: (laughs) What I realized today, speaking of seeing it in like nearby, the Fantasia premiered at the Carthay Circle Theater, which is like the Academy Museum Theater is like as close to a modern movie theater to where that place was as you're going to get. So it was kind of cool.
0: That's pretty cool. I, I like something about... Watching a movie near where the story takes place is really exciting. Because you come out of the theater like, me too, right? But nobody.
1: The first time I watched Fantasia was at the foot of the mountain where Chernabog lives.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Similarly to me being authentic, uh, the first time I saw Tremors was in my aunt's trailer in Hesperia. And as soon as Tremors was open, I opened the door to find the desert. I'm like, nope, I'm going to stay in today. Well,
1: look, that's last month. Yes,
0: We got to get
1: into this month because this is a big one. Mm-hmm. I think. I don't know. I have no
0: idea until uh, it's done. I don't, I don't, until I'm sweating from yeah. talking for 45 minutes. Until people minutes. start leaving this comments on Instagram, like, that's a great episode. Like, it was, wasn't it? It was the best of episodes. It was the worst of episodes. And people are like, the second one.
1: The sec- Yeah, this, you got to read the second yeah, one. A or B. This is a poll we put out every month.
0: <laughs> is it the best of podcasts or the worst of podcasts? So what are we doing this episode, Greg? We're going to be talking about some of, not all, but some of the no, games. No, these are all of them. These, it's all three we're talking about some of the gangs that we have here in Los Angeles. Some of the more historic ones that let's say their names get mentioned all over the country right. or they get by movies the made, yeah, by the president <laughs> sometimes, or, you know, they, they've gone into the pan. I keep using the word pantheon. They go out there <laughs> they into the
1: Fantasia. Yeah, of
0: <laughs> like their names will become so reputable that they'll end up like, let's say in a reputable, a, 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 Whatever. They they end up in a song from people who grew up in that neighborhood. Right, and right. now everybody all over the world is or saying... Or these people were in that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So like they're, they're, they're gangs that have like extended out of their own reach. So
1: we're talking about gangs. Yes. This will probably be an ongoing thing. But this... Uh, because we're joining one at the end of the episode.
0: <laughs> yeah, they're going to beat me up for uh, a 12 minutes. Yeah. Four sets of four yeah, are going to come But it's in. very
1: symbolic. It's very tastefully and done. I
0: thank them. When it's over. Um.
1: So we're going to be doing yours. I didn't know because Carl Tark, friend of the show. Mm-hmm. I down, let's say it. Friend of the show. Lover of L.A. history. A connoisseur. A connoisseur of L.A. history. In one hand, he's got a glass of L.A. history. In the other hand, he's got a glass of gangs because he's also <laughs> a connoisseur. Like he knows everything about especially L.A. gangs. He yeah. knows gang history very well. You should have been on this episode. And
0: I could have stayed home, Carl.
1: <laughs> Thanks a lot, Carl. This could have been you meeting my cat. <laughs> Yeah, I, I almost was like, do I want to get a quote from Carl Tart because, like, he knows. Yeah. A long time ago, he said like you should do a gang episode because he's the one who told me that MS13 started in L.A. I had no idea because yeah. I was there. There's parts of the story with with the Crips and the Bloods, like I'm sure with yours also. Like, mm. there are so many different versions of the story, but there's like things that I couldn't get my mind around, and I had to like ask Carl Tart yeah. his opinion on things because he knows this stuff.
0: Let's say you cross out the tag of another gang. <laughs> what would happen to me, me personally, <laughs> an innocent victim who did this?
1: <laughs> it, it's crazy. The gang influence LA has had. So we're just going to mine are two. Mm-hmm. They go hand in hand. Like they really are the Batman. And I was going to say Robin. They're the Batman and the Joker of LA gangs. But yeah. Yours is, is its own. It's, its maybe own, the scariest thing I've ever heard. It's of.
0: very, they're very scary. I guess I could just start talking about it. Cause everything I'm about to tell you right now, I'm going to end up just spoiling anyways. <laughs> I'm going to be talking about MS-13. Lamara Salvatrucha? That's them. 13. (laughs) They can only be 13 in the gang at any given time. If one dies, there's like a really long waiting list. It's kind of like the Sith, but like (laughs) 13. I only knew them through their reputation. And there really isn't a lot of definitive stuff online about like like here's a list of all the names like they're not gonna do that or they're not gonna all they, it, it turns out that no one's i mean there are books about them but nobody's right. like sitting down well like i've made the joke
1: so many times I, I think i've made this joke to every single person i've talked to this month about this episode like snoop dog was not sitting there taking minutes for oh, the yeah, crip yeah, yeah. gang
0: no turns out they want to keep some stuff st- yeah. secret
1: <laughs> i first ter- like because i uh, a co-worker of mine in high school mm-hmm. was el salvadorian and he Told me about the MS13 to try to scare me, so that's how I first Uh, and it worked. Oh God, did it work? (laughs) Like it, 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 every single thing I've heard about MS13 is something I've never forgotten. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Okay. Let's. Okay. So MS13, like we're talking about, is one of the scariest gangs in the world. Not just LA, the world's one of the scariest collection of men. And they form in the turbulent world of the 1980s Los Angeles. MS-13 is used as sort of like Republican dog whistle to talk about the border or undocumented immigrants or refugees, which really isn't fair. But it goes to show you that this gang is used by fascists to stir up fear across the country. That's how like... Kind of insane their legacy is. Yeah, that that that's it's,
1: it's, it's almost like the cliche of you're as bad as Hitler. Yeah, like you're you're MS thirteen. Yeah,
0: <laughs> it's hard to tell the story of MS thirteen because there really isn't a clear story with historical figures that you could point to. There's a lot of theories about their formation once they're in LA and, and don't point em- point at and any don't of point them at them. They don't like that. They don't like fingers. You would get in trouble immediately because you point all the time. <laughs> you pointed at me to make a, the example of. They point and he pointed at me. You could point at anything. It would be
1: like whenever we walk by a celebrity and you oh, try to get me to be cool about it. Yeah. Like if we if we were approaching like an MS-13 gang and you were... Don't point, okay? Just be cool. Yeah. Don't don't say anything. And I get
0: right next to him. MS-13. Wow. Why? why? One, two, three. Um, there is no one man who started at all. There are many people who claim to be the leader, but as we'll learn with MS-13, they exist in so many places across the US and Central America Many people claim to be the leader of their little region, so it's not clear if, like, is there one person they all answer to, like a central right. figure in the shadows, or it's just MS. like, or just, like, does every little section, are they not combined only by, they might be only combined by a name, people kind of don't know. Is it Ms. 13?
1: Yeah. That's, Ms. that's their leader? Yeah, they it's got like married. Q. It's like Q. But, you know, because you're talking about, you know, El Salvador and all of the- yeah. Like it's so tied with El Salvador is. that I just assumed it started in El Salvador. So yeah. when I learned it wasn't, it was really shocking.
0: I also remember I learned also maybe in high school, and I learned that it was because I knew some people who lived like kind of periphery to Pico Union, which was kind of where it starts, and they would talk about MS13. And I, I kind of figured that it was all like a a big center, right, for that. Gang
1: sidebar to all this, and I know the answer to this, and you don't have to give specifics obviously. But Mm -hmm. do you know people your age Mm -hmm. who were in
0: gangs? Yeah,
1: when you were younger, when I
0: I think when I hit 13, my joke on stage for a while was like when you hit MS 13, when I hit MS 13, when I hit oh, they're MS Bar Mitzvah. Congratulations, (laughs) you're a man now. Oh, no, (laughs) yeah, I think when I turned 13, I got a computer, and everyone else in my neighborhood joined a gang. yeah a lot of people around me either joined (laughs) gangs or became gang adjacent okay and I still don't know I think that like I've never been offered, so it must be something I'm exuding. People are like, no nah, thanks. Yeah, no, not no, that one. You no. don't, we don't need him that bad.
1: He knows who the shadow is. Yeah. He,
0: <laughs> he knows the shadow's name is Lamont Cranston. He can't be part of our hangout.
1: you know, I know if, I again, in mm-hmm. that same job, I, yeah. I worked with someone who used to be in a gang. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure I don't I don't I mean look at me. Like I yeah. I'm going around like, wow, there's there's gangs in the valley. Like when Melissa told me, like, oh yeah, MS thirteen has a like a I set, I guess you would call it, like, like right here. Mm-hmm. It shocked me. Yeah, like it in my backyard,
0: Greg. So that's how that's that, that's how wide I am. Yeah, uh, no comment. Um, <laughs> I think in high school there was just like a a lot of people from a lot of different gangs but you know you're also just like a kid in high school so like you get to be for like oh you meet everybody you meet everybody so like oh that's I know two people from this gang I know like right. a couple people from this gang and we're not like we're all friendly because we all know Simpsons lines <laughs> but then like we get out of high school and they're like oh they're all arrested yeah
1: yeah I'm sure I I knew people in passing who yeah. were in gangs but like for the most part my friends were dorks so yeah
0: I, I <laughs> pretty much same except for maybe three people yeah. everyone else was just like what we did who stayed up late to watch Simpsons and everyone just their <laughs> hands. when i was reading some of this i remember vividly this guy i didn't like in my computer class who would like kind of pick on me but we, we were partners for some reason i think our names were like close to each other so we always had to sit next to a computer yeah and he came in one day and he was all beat up and i found out later they got jumped into whatever God. gang he, he was uh, yeah whatever gang but uh him sitting down just looking sad and we thinking good this is good for me <laughs> anyways so there's not a, a lot of understanding about the original. There's no like the day it happened. Like it's just like something that happened. But yeah, something pretty clear as it's far not like as a mural of it. Exactly. Different. Yeah, <laughs> what is pretty clear is where the backstory of MS13 comes from. The ghost of the story before they right. get to LA. The pre Yes. The gang itself forms in Los Angeles in the 80s, yes, but to talk about where it all truly starts, we have to talk about the El Salvadorian Civil War that breaks out in the 70s, peaking in 1979, and of all places, El Salvador. You wouldn't believe Believe it. it. I mean, it's so on the nose. (laughs) I thought it was just like an in-joke,
1: but it actually happens in El Salvador. It's like the the eight-day war or whatever. (laughs) What what war is that? No, the 10-year war? No, there's the eight-day war. I think the eight-day war was in Israel? I don't know. I, I don't
0: know. Yom Kippur War. I don't know. They didn't make a movie about it. Why yeah. would I know? <laughs> Write a book about that, Isabella Allende, yeah. <laughs> and then maybe I'll know, I'll learn it. As with most turmoil in Latin America, the Civil War has its root in the Spanish conquest, of course. Okay. Indigenous peoples and the mestizos. This is where Zorro comes in. <laughs> he covers all of Central. All, all of and He's like the boogeyman, but he's a good guy. Like Batman. Um... <laughs> Indigenous peoples and mestizos made up ninety-five percent of the population and they were comprised of the entire working class. And the last five percent of the population were all Spanish descent, all landowners who ruled everything and they were referred to as the 14 families, quote unquote, who together ruled El Salvador through military dictatorship. And in 1932, there was a labor leader named Augustin Ferrabundo Marti who led a peasant revolt against the 14 families, but it only lasted a few weeks before the military decimated the revolution along with a lot of civilians, like 30,000 people dead by the end of all this. This battle between classes persisted through the decades with uptakes in violence through the 60s and 70s as right-wing paramilitary death squads, they eventually would join up with the El Salvador military. That's how right-wing they were.
1: Whenever there's a death squad Mm -hmm. involved, it's it's clear who's...
0: I, I think I, it's a joke later, but if your country has death squads and a liberation front, you're not doing okay. What? look at Russia. Just
1: because the death squad is marching through the streets as we speak to kill the other, to kill their boss.
0: Yeah, yeah exactly. To kill their boss. Uh, something petty a boss would do and then the death squad comes after you, but nothing's coming to my head. Yeah, he, he cut down their 15-minute breaks to 10. <laughs> he asked me to stay uh, over for five minutes just to clean up my area. Could
1: you work this Saturday? Yeah. I need some death squatting done.
0: <laughs> That's it. That's it. Call the union. <laughs> So, uh, through the 70s... The Soviet Union. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, Through the 60s and 70s, these right-wing paramilitary death squads and left-wing guerrilla forces would clash violently, like, pretty much in the streets. In October of 1979, a group of politically moderate officers managed to oust the El Salvadorian dictator Carlos Humberto Romero, and together the moderates formed the revolutionary government Juanta, or JRG. So, the the moderates were able to out one of the dictators that's That's uh shocking it is shocking not shocking three months later in january (laughs) of 1980 the right-wing psychos fought back against the jrg and their violence included kidnapping bombing a government newspaper and murder so the civilian leaders of jrg of course resigned right uh that's what (laughs) this is a little too extreme for me uh, i'm moderate we ousted a guy without killing anyone this is going to last forever (laughs) around the same time the right-wing paramilitary death squads were rallying behind a right-wing extremist named Roberto de Abusian, or as they called him, Blowtorch Bob. How did <laughs> That he get... was Jim Carrey's alternate character. <laughs> how did he get that nickname? Uh, he got that nickname from how he got people to talk during interrogation oh, sessions. He was behind the assassination of a human rights defender, Archbishop Oscar Romero, and he was the one who led the charge to dismantle the JRG. The death of Oscar Romero is pretty much the true start of the El Salvadoran Civil War because not only did they assassinate him, this human rights defender, when they were having a memorial for him, uh, snipers gathered uh, and started shooting people in the crowd to memorialize Oscar Romero. 42 dead, over 200 oh wounded. God. In September of 1980, Blotoch Bob founded the Nationalist Republican Alliance Party, which ARENA is what they call themselves, and was one of the key figures in the right-wing death squads. In response to that... The five big leftist revolutionary groups f- merged together to form the FMLN. Ferribundo Marti, who was the guy who led the peasant revolt, the Ferribundo Marti National Liberation Front, FMLN.
1: FMNLN? Yeah, no. Wait, FMN. Whoa, it's, is it not in English?
0: <laughs> yeah, but also, I don't think they count the last F. Oh. <laughs> If you're, like I said, if your country has a liberation front, you're not doing okay. <laughs> this was a guerrilla force put together to stop the government and right-wing paramilitary groups. This is only a brief summary of the El Salvadorian Civil War, obviously. <laughs> and if you want to read more, like it, reading about it was incredibly... Listen to our
1: bonus episode.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, where I sat down and read three books on the El Salvadorian Civil War. Um, Incredibly scary incredibly interesting so if you're interested i I got this information from the center for justice and accountability's website but there's many many books about out there
1: again if your information is on the center for accountability and justice Justice not going well
0: didn't go good (laughs) all of this all of what i just said to say that throughout the 80s the civil war put the country into a violent death spiral It's estimated that 75,000 El Salvadorians were killed by massacres, executions, landmines, and indiscriminate bombings. And El Salvador is pretty small, isn't it? I think it is. I don't
1: know what the population is, but that's...
0: Me, I don't know either, but it sounds like the entire country was just, like, fighting. Civilians caught up in the storm could be tortured, mutilated, sexually assaulted, or just plain old killed. With no end in sight to the violence, many El Salvadorians looked to escape, and because... I read this somewhere, I don't know how true this was, that because of the El Salvadorian alliance with the U.S. during the Cold War, America just seemed like a a place to go to, like a flea. but I don't know how accurate that is. The relations between the U.S. and El Salvador's government kind of confused me because while Reagan seemed to think Blowtorch Bob and these paramilitary death squads Recycles psychos and publicly condemned them. I read a research article that said that the U.S. backed the Salvadorian military, who was, was trying to defeat the revolutionary groups, right. were trying to oust the dictator. And, you know, they, they basically, the U.S. was indiscriminately targeted anybody suspected of belonging to any of these leftist guerrilla groups.
1: You know, the to bring it back to Fantasia, like, I, I keep thinking about the Sorcerer's Apprentice, I keep thinking about yeah. Mickey Mouse. Mickey Mouse, little Mickey Mouse. But, like, the meaning of the Sorcerer's Apprentice thing of, like, this guy this this guy he's a mouse but he he knew a little bit of how to try to get the job done yeah. quicker so that he could things would be easier for him yeah. but he couldn't control it yeah. and like i guess this is like a common a common saying in Germany, and in, in terms of like politics and yeah. stuff, of like you know, you made the broom. I don't think they say this, but like you made the broom try to do the work for you, and then the broom got out of your control. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's pretty much the U.S. It's a golem all over. It's again. a
0: golem. The U.S. trying to inter, trying to mingle in their own agenda into uh right Central American politics, and then like, right, we are Mickey Mouse. And after all, we are the Mickey Mouse. <laughs> Pleased to meet you. Have you guessed my name? It's Mickey. We're going to need a bomb at Children's Hospital just so they know we're serious. (laughs) Um, Knowing the U.S. during any period of time, probably both are true. The president couldn't condemn a psycho leader and then turn around and then back the government that's trying to kill the group, the (laughs) guerrilla group that get rid of the dictator.
1: No, not Reagan. Not Reagan. Not the Gipper. He would never. He was an actor. Would an actor do that? would an actor be double handed? <laughs> he liked
0: jelly beans. You think he could do that? About a million Salvadorians left their home to neighboring countries. God, a million people. A million people left. With the Reagan era asylum policies in place, any refugees fleeing were routinely denied refugee status and forced to live under the radar. So if you came to you you had to like, you know, like anybody who comes to this country illegally, you kinda have to like not get in trouble and live very quietly, right. and just hope that you can. So where they they were they were denied they were denied that they came in they came in anyways. Right. Yeah. So yeah, if they successfully got into the US, they would settle into impoverished neighborhoods with no recreational facilities or resources, but full of gangs and crime. Right. Not not a hundred percent of the time, but it feels like most of the time. No, you
1: said a hundred percent of the time. <laughs> this is how you feel about immigrants. I know. Uh,
0: yeah, you're, you're. It's black and white with you. <laughs> It's either quite or literally, quite it literally, is. yeah.
1: But um, both of our stories, I don't know. Like when you hear, when you even, you know, we haven't spent years studying the history mm-hmm. of these gangs. Even the amount of research in the few weeks that we've done, it's so clear who is really responsible for this, and it's always the government, the United yep. States government is, yep. is responsible for what's going on. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't Small get,
0: scale and big scale. I, I, yeah, I, I don't- Like local government and the big government. Right.
1: And, and I don't get like, why don't people see this? Like, why don't sure. people
0: get what the real problem is? Um, You know, that's a good, that's a very smart question. I don't like, we're know. we're not smart. We're not smart. I read like, I only read for two days. <laughs> And I'm over here saying it like I know it. I don't know how to reunite El Salvador. I think I figured it out. Uh, Had they tried a Pepsi commercial or a Kendall dinner, hence a paramilitary death squad, a Coke? (laughs) I forgot about that. Yeah. Uh, Did they try singing Imagine? (laughs) So about (laughs) half that million Salvadorans fleeing came to the U.S. And some, a small percentage of the people who came to Los Angeles, a very small percentage of those people were trained in guerrilla warfare and the use of military weapons because they were part of the leftist military groups or revolutionary groups. It sounds like I'm saying refugees are violent and we let bad people in. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that. it really does. Allowing refugees to come here and escape not being slaughtered in their homeland is a good thing. I like that America does that. Whoa, 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 (laughs) whoa. Whoa. Reading about the atrocities in El Salvador really rattled me. Uh Especially because it sounds like is that what's happening here now with all these neo-Nazi groups breaking up these pride celebrations? Is that like the first inkling of like, oh my... I mean,
1: again, if you read three weeks of history like I did, uh, you You start see getting the a little sweaty. <laughs>
0: it's weird how you get sweaty all of a sudden. And it would be cool, like I was saying, it would be cool not to let these refugees in because they're escaping like a really violent death. Right. That where else almost, are they going to go? Yeah. Uh, as with all of this stuff, where else are you going to go? Where else are you going to go? Yeah. You have to go somewhere. Like you can't... Like <laughs> you when staying disappear. is no longer an option. I'm sure like right. the last resort was leaving. I'm sure like they're they hoping anything... Ooh. Who, who leaves wants, on the first sign of trouble? Who want, oh, me, but who, <laughs> who wants to leave their country? Yeah. I mean, me. But. And come to a country where you don't speak the language, you know barely anybody, you have no yeah. resources on your own. Like you have, you come on basically in your knees and then you're going to be like, no, thanks. <laughs> but with that, when we do, we do lose a certain amount of control when people come here. Yeah. That's a given. That's what people are afraid of. Yeah, that's what people are afraid of. And in that small space, that's where MS-13 is born. Right. So like I was saying, there was a huge Salvadorian migration to Los Angeles in the 80s due to the Civil War. They searched and found Spanish-speaking neighborhoods like East LA or Pico Union or MacArthur Park to kind of get a foothold. Oh, they speak Spanish. I speak like Spanish too. Yes,
1: I, I speak a, I speak a type of Spanish as well. A type of
0: Spanish as well, yeah. <laughs> but of course there is racism among the Latin American countries and cultures and some Mexican gangs like the Mexican mafia weren't keen on this wave of Salvadorians coming in and they were these new uh, Salvadorians coming to LA were met with prejudice and violence. So to protect themselves against these established Mexican gangs, these refugees now living in LA started forming together. At first, it began kind of, quote-unquote, innocently as a stoner gang into heavy metal, which is pretty innocent, but then they're also committing- Oh, like, really?
1: Like, yeah. like, they would just do drugs and, and listen, to, listen to like
0: This uh, is how it starts. This is what I've always said. I've always said this. Randy <laughs> Rhodes, um getting into Ronnie James Dio, this is a start. Yeah, they were just like stoners who would listen to heavy metal. No problem with that. I know people <laughs> a lot like that. Of, uh, it's no, all no, no, with no, me. All of it, rock and roll. And then committing like low-level crimes just to get by. They were going by MS- S-13, Mara Salvatruca stoners with 13 tacked on at the oh, end. Either 13 is a bad luck number so they know we're bad luck, or the 13th letter of the alphabet is M-M for marijuana. One of those two. I read it, it was
1: almost 69. M-S-69. Imagine like... What are, uh, are they related to
0: M-S-DOS? Is that a rival? Don't mess with M-S-DOS. Oh. Don't mess with them. If you see them cross the street... They'll delete all your files if you do the wrong thing. Imagine M-S-13 rolled up on you and they thought you were spraying them out. Like, no, I just put DOS. It's a joke, it's a computer joke and then they just cut you to pieces.
1: So what is Mara Salvatrucha? I think the translation
0: was something like streetwise gang. Okay. I read somewhere that also took it from like a John Wayne movie, but I didn't read too much about it because it sounded fake. Yeah. I believe like in Spanish, it just roughly translates to street smart gang.
1: You know, I I don't entirely dismiss the John Wayne thing because there's a part, one of the things in my story that I read where they're also like, these are movie fans? Yeah, 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 (laughs) yeah, yeah. They have hard takes on Fellini? Were they there when I went to see Fantasia? I mean the theater was red. All gang stop
0: Oscar night? All gang warfare. temporary truth. Temporary truth. I wanna see who gets slapped. I wanna see if Parasite wins. It said Moonlight. <laughs> it said that when this Stoner heavy metal gang started committing crimes, they had so little money that they couldn't afford a gun, so they brought with them machetes. This, this is what become part right. of their insane myth as to why they still use machetes. Okay,
1: yeah, that's what I that's one of the things I learned is that Machetes are their weapon of choice. Yes, which is so
0: scary. Oh uh, yeah, it's. I've used a machete to for weeds, and I thought I can <laughs> I can murder a whole family with this. <laughs> You're
1: chopping weeds with a machete. Yeah, the weed whacker, little the wire. I don't get it. I guess it's not that weird because when I clean
0: the rain gutters, I use a battle axe. <laughs> I like to use my halberd. I use an AR fifteen to clean the the drain in <laughs> the sink. <laughs> it's a tool. Like a car or a hammer.
1: When my kitchen gets clogged, I just use a good old-fashioned
0: Cat nine tails. (laughs) It gets it cleared right up. My girlfriend needs a massage. I get a blackjack. (laughs) They would, back when they were a stoner gang, would hold the gang's meetings and rites in a cemetery, which goes to show you how into metal they were. And one of the early members of the gang, I was reading about, his name was Ozi, Aussie, and he was named after Ozzy Osbourne. Oh, his gang name comes from Ozzy Osbourne. So, uh, so just to be clear,
1: these are like teenage kids, mm-hmm, teenage kids in like late eighties, I and guess. And they're like, they sound like American kids. Yeah, they sound not, like American not, kids. not to not to cast any aspersions, yeah. but like these sound like kids who grew up in America.
0: Yeah, that, that's what I was trying to figure out. It sounds a little bit like they were young kids brought here, spent you know, a few years, they found like a group of people and then like slowly have started evolving into a gang. I don't know. It
1: sounds like these are just kids we would know. Cause I, I, I mean, not like yeah. we would know kids who are not like this. Also, yeah. Also <laughs> like that.
0: Yeah. But I don't know. I was trying to read about like, what are the early days? Like, and you know, there are, there are books out there, but I just couldn't get my hands on any, but it sounds like when they came here, they, they were just trying to adapt at first and they're like, it's really hard. No, nobody likes us. Not even like, neighborhood guides because they're Mexican don't like El Salvadorians. Right. So now like we, I just hang out with other Salvadorians and we do you know, heavy metal. Okay. And then like it slowly starts to grow from there.
1: Okay. I want to hear when this flip happens. By the late 80s it seemed like MS-13 And it better be a kickflip.
0: By the late 80s it seemed like MS-13 in LA was already branching into clicks based on area. I know for sure there was the Coronado Little Psycho Click which was two blocks from MacArthur Park along South Coronado Street. Some of the members of the first incarnation of MS-13 um, 13 are now actively running different let me check my notes Yeah, let me check. I put MS because I, I heard people say MS and we know that means MS 13 <laughs> I just want to make it clear here that I'm talking about <laughs> MS 13 there are people who were little kids in the 80s are now running full cliques in other countries now one of the members of the Hollywood locals click joined when he was 13 and like a lot of guys from MS 13 during Clinton's era I'll get into this more later but if you got arrested then you got deported so established gang members like Diabolito would end up back in El Salvador and ready to continue growing the gang Because he was a gang member here. He goes back. MS-13 is now back in El Salvador, (laughs) I guess. And then you just like rise the ranks. In a lot of cases, you go to prison for minor crimes. And because so many gang members were locked up, You came out of prison a well-informed, hardened criminal, more savvy, ruthless than when you came in. And also arrests leading to deportations didn't just happen to MS-13. Here's, I mean, 18th Street, which is an alley gang named after a street in Los Angeles, is now a criminal entity in far-off countries still being called 18th Street, which is a street in Los Angeles, (laughs) which is wild to me. I don't know why that's so strange, but like that you can go to another country and like, oh, no, 18th Street is here. Like, they followed me? Oh, no, they've been here. It's like the
1: Smorgasburg, which I'll take any chance to point out. Doesn't make sense. In Los Angeles, why it's
0: called Smorgasburg, like the meaning has been lost. Yeah, it's just like name recognition at this point. Yeah, it's a brand name. <laughs> yeah, like MS-13, it's a brand name. Yeah. Anyways, it's hard to map when they went from being a gang of stoners to a street gang. And some people say it was the 1985 murder of one of their guys that forced them to escalate to protect themselves. Some people think that maybe the introduction of crack to LA that created mm. an opportunity to expand their operations. I'll get probably- into, uh, you, uh, my people might be a little responsible for that. <laughs> Was the CIA flying planes in to help them uh, get that stuff across to you. Yeah, those are my people, the CIA. <laughs> yeah, the CIA was my people. Um, <laughs> it, probably a mixture of both. Probably a mixture of like, you know, they were getting hit, so I need to protect themselves, so they start to escalate. Now they're all carrying guns. Now they're all ready right. to go to war at any good, any given moment. And also, the introduction of crack probably also happened around the same time, because th- yeah. when crack happens, violence, like there's a yeah, right. upshooting violence and gang activity when crack hits the streets. And as more refugees kept fleeing the civil war in El Salvador, they came to LA and found a group of street toughs waiting to build their numbers up. And these later refugees were more exposed to horrors of war since they stayed longer. And some of them, initially, you'd come here, you had to form MS-13. Now you came here, MS-13 was already Go here in. waiting for you. And <laughs> you just came from a civil war where you saw a bunch of crazy stuff and now there's a group waiting for you. And so you just yourself out and you can be pretty quick to violence because you were just shooting paramilitary death squads or whatever whatever side you want to pick this makes sense to you yeah so according to a report i read this and i thought it was pretty interesting a gang develops in waves or generations the first generation of a gang pulls small opportunistic crimes and goes at it with rival gangs as time goes on the second generation of the gang have more structure, they're more organized and usually assume a market like drugs or guns by this point a gang would operate with farther reach but still take orders from a centralized source by the third generation, the kinks of the organization have been worked out, goals of power have been established, and maybe at this point you have enough social equity or money, probably both, to have friends in high places. Like, you could pay off the cops or lawyers or judges or politicians. Like, you might be able to actually have pool in the streets.
1: They also... If you all want to stop and watch The Wire, I think it would help a lot for
0: both of our stories to make we should, sense Let's stop this right now and watch The Wire, and then we'll kind of reconvene. Just the first three seasons. Okay, just the first three seasons of The Wire. Every episode's Three hours. Um, also, third generation gangs operate on a global scale. And we'll see this with incarnations of MS-13. At the beginning of their career in crime, MS-13 didn't really have much of a product or service. They were more consumers of crime. I mean, they would smoke pot or they were, by most accounts, just stick up kids. They would allow access to the, their neighborhood in exchange for money or they would collect for other dealers. They decided if they're going to truly evolve and escalate, they needed help. And because the prison system in California is predominantly Mexican mafia, they were able to build an alliance, which is how they joined up with 18th Street or DSA Ocho. There was Pinco Union gang that starts in the 60s who were linked with the Mexican mafia. Now MS-13 is within their realm. There's an alliance going on so they can be an arm of the Mexican mafia. Okay, I'm not sure... Why, but after the influx of Salvadorian refugees, MS 13, I think what happened was as more refugees started coming in and finding MS 13, they were able to now be strong enough to hold their own. And so they split off from 18th Street, thus creating a tense rivalry that goes on to this day. Now, MS 13 and 18th street are an Crips independent enterprise MS 13 LLC. Yeah. LLC. Thank you for the help. But now we're enemies. <laughs> MS then found another partner in another MS Mexican Sereños. This alliance they formed cost MS 13, five grand and five weapons. And now they have a stronger alliance with a Mexican gang, five weapons, five weapons. I, I, I uh, gave my, them this. There's so much uh, weird symbolism in gangs. Yeah. It's their own little cult, you know, yeah, <laughs> Their own little drink, the Kool-Aid. More attention, speaking of MacArthur Park, where uh, Mr. Jim Jones got arrested for soliciting sex from a cop at the (laughs) Westlake Theater right there in MacArthur Park. More attention during the 90s through 2000s, concentrates on MS-13 in Central America. But here in Los Angeles, MS-13 remained a very real gang, albeit operating with less influence and more scattered. They are more like an overarching federation of regional cliques working under the same heading
1: the hierarchy the like organization of gangs is so confusing yeah, it to is, me yeah i need like a the presentation booklets they print mm-hmm. out at like a board meeting like the, i need one of these of gangs and say like, oh interesting structure yeah oh
0: wow that's interesting so they have runners
1: <laughs> but i'm we're going to have to lay off 30% of the employees there's just a bunch of body bags on
0: the ground. Yeah. <laughs> we need to lay off. Fill these? Fill these up. Like, I'm sure the same thing with you. There wasn't a single resource that listed all the insanely awful yeah. crimes that MS-13 has done. But through uh, some I reason. I'm
1: sure there's like an FBI office somewhere yeah, that yeah, yeah, like, yeah. oh, so this is the Corleone family. Oh,
0: cool. <laughs> on a street level, these men are responsible for drug smuggling, human trafficking, prostitution, extortion, assault, and murder. Sometimes these murders are seen as random, but actually they're initiations into right. MS-13. Shootings either up close or drive-bys. Other times they are retribution hits, which are awful. And the more I read, the more I hear about machete slangs, which are insane. People getting hacked to death. Uh,
1: What scares me about MS-13, because other gangs, at least the Crips and the Bloods, don't, I mean, except for like minor robberies and stuff like that, that. Like you're not, if you are not a Crip or a Blood Unless you're like you know going up and like well 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 yeah, what yeah, do we yeah, have yeah. here like yeah. you you're not going to so full of money right yeah, now yeah you're not going to be killed by uh, no uh, purposely no. by no. a crip or a blood but what scares me about MS13 is that that doesn't seem to be the case like they will kill people who have no yeah I think nothing that, to do with any gang
0: civilian people civilian people it seems like they will kill civilian people not just I mean. I don't really know, just based on the story. Sometimes it sounds like mostly the retribution, but also it sounds like, yeah, you just got picked. And it also doesn't- Like
1: an initiation thing. Like kill, this is something that Melissa looked up of like, go to this place,
0: pick a person and kill this person. I feel like when it's retribution, you get shot. I feel like... No, sorry. When it's initiation, you get shot. When it's retribution, you get cut up and left in Angeles National Forest. If you're a rat, you get probably the worst. Ah, retribution and being a rat is the same thing. <laughs> but there's a lot of scary things about MS-13. But while other gangs are sort of confined by, it seems like, county limits to a certain extent... MS 13 is what's it's called, it's first of all, they're called a terrorist group online, but also <laughs> they're called a transnational gang. Meaning, not only does MS 13 exist in almost every US state now, a far reaching, like every state almost yeah. has an MS 13 cutting They've people down. Gone up. international. They also, yeah, they exist in other countries. During the Clinton era, when, like I was saying, when gang violence was at a high, he enacted a policy that would fast track deportations in order to cut down on gang violence what this did by sending gang members out of the US and back to their countries of origin was spread the influence of MS13 <laughs> like it just it, it was just like okay this whole little gang needs to go to wherever and they went to another country and just did <laughs> MS13 stuff so just to reiterate a basic summary uh, basically the US backed the reason El Salvadorians fled El Salvador once they were here our impoverished cities were a breeding ground for gang violence, and once they were matured as a group as a gang, we exported them back. It's a fully realized gang, and they we became re- a criminal organization. The gang, yeah, and quite we re-gifted them, yeah, and quite suddenly MS-13 became a global problem in Central America, in particular El Salvador now has a deeply rooted problem with what is now seen as a terrorist group. And they're like a huge problem in the neighboring countries too, Honduras and Guatemala.
1: I I wonder though how much of the, like what we hear, these horrific incidents, I wonder how much of that is that they want us to think that.
0: Yeah, I, I thought the same thing, especially because they don't... I, because I, there's a lot of bad rumors about me
1: flying around. Sure. And I just want you to think that.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, that's just part of the trick. That's part of the charm. Yeah, this is, is, that is the, You don't know what's true. This is the prestige, Greg. This is the prestige. They're almost like a formless entity as well. It reminds me of like when we were talking about the Black Hand, where there was the official Black Hand organization, and then there was people far away from the source who were claiming to be Black Hand just to scare the hell out of people. <laughs> right. And then and nobody actually had no one can question you. No one could be like, prove that you're in the black yeah. hand. Like, prove you're an MS-13. You have a machete, you could buy that at Home Depot. <laughs> That's not a machete. Yeah. That's a rapier. <laughs> it's a Sith, and then you get cut up. Uh, Sith? What is it called? Scythe. scythe. Revenge of the Scythe. Revenge of the Scythe. Yeah. You know, I've been reading about a lot of the leaders getting arrested by the FBI and they were like huge. You know, they got arrested for racketeering or extortion or trafficking. And you're like, that gang did that? But then like there's the gang, the global problem. Then like on our streets in LA and the Valley, like, oh, just like the little like, they're going to cut me up. They're going to shoot me. Yeah. And and both are true. Both are probably to an extent. I can be afraid of all of this, yeah. Greg.
1: Oh, and I am now. <laughs> Nothing scares me more than
0: racketeering. I had to look that up. I'm like, what the hell is racketeering?
1: <laughs> well, have you ever
0: read uh,
1: Judy Bloom's version of The Racketeer? <laughs>
0: Not a lot of answers uh, for what I was looking for. Are you
1: there, America? It's, it's me, me, the racketeer.
0: <laughs> Two LA cliques that are getting a lot of attention right now are the Hollywood click, whose leaders, Nelson Alexander Flores or Mula and Jason Wilfredo Ayala Alcantara, the indie of the Hollywood, were both arrested by the FBI recently. That's one clique. The other one that's getting a lot of attention I dedicated a lot of reading to because you kind of clued me in on it was the Fulton click, which claims parts of North Hollywood, Panorama City, and Van Nuys. Yeah. There's been a string of attacks and murders thanks to the Fulton click. Right. According to the LA Times, members of the MS-13 lured people to remote locations and attack them. These people were accused of transgressions against the gang. LAPD claims that many of these were attacks were part of the in- induction process for new recruits. They lured a 16-year-old to a canyon and beat him to death in 2017. One guy crossed out the graffiti and they abducted him, dragged him to the Angeles National Forest, and cut him apart with machetes. One of the members allegedly cut out his heart, which is a thing I keep reading. (sighs) Later, because of another thing, they took people out to Angeles National Forest and killed them using machetes, knives, and baseball bats. Another person was killed in the Malibu Hills. They shot a homeless guy in Whitset Field in North Hollywood. That's the park I was telling you. I shot a homeless guy, 37 year old homeless guy.
1: Right next door to the library. That's right.
0: <laughs> In 2017, two girls used Facebook to lure Brian and Dino out to Lake Balboa. The girls were hooked up with MS-13. And once Brian was there, the MS-13 rolled up and beat and stabbed him to death. He was 16. That might have been the story. From, but then...
1: So, the, but, but they, they're... I'm trying to look for comfort here. They think that there was a reason that these people were targeted. Yeah, It yeah, wasn't yeah. just a random thing.
0: They, they weren't random. They're usually... If you're... From what I understand... If you get hit with the machete, you've already done something so okay, awful to them that they're right. going to f you up. Yeah. If it's just like they want to get an issue, they probably shoot you. So when you, now
1: when you're kidnapped by MS13, you want to look for a gun to be brought out.
0: Yeah, they didn't wanted the ocean for eight days, counting every oxygen. They blew up. They imploded. Right. This is that yeah. situation. It
1: wasn't a slow death. It was a horrific death. It was death. a horrific,
0: <laughs> but it it was over in five minutes. Yeah,
1: five minutes. Balboa Park, by the way. Don't go there. I, yeah, don't go there. Don't go there. It's mine. Yeah. There's so many things that I think, because one time we went walking around Balboa Park, mm-hmm. like the really kind of reedy, like weedy area, reedy, you know, the reedy, weedies. Yeah. And there was clearly a body had just been found because there was like police cars Jesus. and like areas roped off. And we found nothing. About it, which must mean this probably happens weekly. That just like a body shows up in Balboa Park.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Bellboa
1: Park. Bob Park. Ride the duck. Ride the duck, boat.
0: Ride the duck thing. Someone who was believed to be from a rival gang crossed out MS-13 graffiti and was abducted by four members at the LA River entrance in North Hollywood, then driven to, once again, Angeles National Forest. Wouldn't they have like a park pass or something? I, they must. I used to, we did an episode. Yeah. I wanted to go out there. Now I'm like, I don't know if I want to go out there I know there a way you can
1: go out there. Yeah.
0: I, I saw this graffiti on the
1: wall in North Hollywood. Just go ahead and cross it out and you get a One free, free trip to Los Angeles yeah. National
0: Angeles National Forest. So they took him out there and they killed him with a machete. And it's once again, said they carved his heart out before flinging his body parts into the canyon. One woman who was thought to be a police informant was beaten to death with a baseball bat, rolled up in a carpet and dumped along Angela's crass highway. She'd also been stabbed and struck to the head with a heavy edge weapon as well as strangled, tied up and her mouth was duct tape over. Another person they thought was a rat was killed, transported in his own car, to Legion Park. They dumped his body. And then uh, once his body was out, they pelted his corpse with rocks before leaving there. Detectives found his ankles and wrists tied with shoelaces, his shorts pulled down below his knees. Uh, his head had been destroyed with a baseball bat.
1: Okay, so when we, f- before we started recording, we were talking about like specific crimes. Yeah. And, and I was saying how I couldn't find that many. And you were like, yeah, me neither. And I didn't want to get too gruesome. So this is your version of not too oh, gruesome. Oh, I'm sorry.
0: Um, this is pretty gruesome. We should have probably had a trigger warning, but also um, I wanted more. <laughs> I didn't say too gruesome, I had gruesome facts. <laughs> I just, none of it makes any sense to me because they were all like written in a summary of like, and they arrested one MS-13 member and then they listed every awful thing I've read. <laughs> Some experts are saying that the increase in violence from MS-13 is them exerting dominance over the other gangs, trying to show how ruthless they are. New recruits are young. Teenagers from area high schools or recently immigrated to this country. Although their numbers are dwindling over the past years, LAPD still says they're a huge threat. Closer to the city center, it said MS-13 runs MacArthur Park. They go around extorting money off of people for protection, quote-unquote, and taxing any criminal activity that goes to the park. If you want to sell drugs or anything, you you get taxed by MS-13. Same thing with prostitution, gambling. They said food, and I'm like, do food vendors get taxed by MS-13? Probably.
1: I, you know, I've heard like racist people who don't want food vendors are like, but they're just working for the gangs. I'm sure not by choice. Not by the choice. Ones that are, Unfortunately, I'm sure they're working
0: choice. for a gang, but they're getting taxed by gangs, not their working for gangs. They're not selling heroin out of their food Follow carts. the money. Yeah. The, the, you They're know just what? giving them $40 at the end of the night.
1: Have you ever tried a heroin-wrapped hot dog at right outside a Staples Center with Makes some peppers? Makes me super
0: sleepy. Um, Almost <laughs> people at the park pay rent to them as 13. They apparently walk up to people in the park and charge $80 to spend any time at the park. Very recently, there's been attacks on transgender people there at the park. So macarthur hmm. Park, watch out! Um, one of the buildings is off a rampart. They hold up and party in abandoned buildings that developers bought and kicked residents out of, and then did nothing with <laughs> these buildings. They they call them destroyers. And inside these destroyers, MS13 members sleep, party, pedal drugs, kill people. These destroyers have been found in Westlake, Pico Union, and parts of Koreatown and East Hollywood the destroyers are on addresses. Yeah, me too. Me addresses. I, I wanted, I want to drive by a building and be like, don't ever go yeah. there. If you <laughs> get driven here, you're not doing great. <laughs> Eat the cyanide tooth. Why you, you got it made. That's, um, that's what it's there that's for. That's what it's there for. These destroyers are incubators for MS-13 gang life. There's a really great article by Matthew Ormsworth called a place to sleep, party and kill abandoned LA buildings become MS-13 gang destroyers. If you want to read more. And as the article points out, this gang, is now transnational has a reputation that Trump and other Republicans can use to further their own agenda. But here in LA, a lot of them are just made up of homeless and disaffected youth. Like they aren't criminal. They're they're really don't have much to do with a criminal organization, extorting money in Honduras. They're just like, we're here and we have a, you know, this is our gang life. These are the people Like, I have no home. Then my family doesn't love me. And this is what I want. These are my people. I just want to get high and commit crimes all day. Sounds nice. No job sounds nice. <laughs> their gang sign is still devil horns linking way back to the heavy metal oh, music that's listening funny. They're, they're, to their roots. So they're like, uh, they're the guy from Stranger Things. They're, yeah. They're, the they're guy, wearing the. Uh, Eddie or whatever. Yeah. yeah. They're wearing the jacket. They got the horns. By twenty twelve, MS thirteen has spread into forty two US states and with around ten thousand members in the US. And although the numbers seem lower every year, the level of violent attacks seem to be on the rise, which means like the less people in the gang there are, the more violent they're required to be.
1: Okay. That that's the end of your story? That's the end of my
0: story. <laughs> great. What a <laughs> and they're here right now. Yeah, I don't like to introduce. Them. What about can you ever get out? Uh, that I didn't read about. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are a few books written by people who had managed to get out okay. uh, without being brutally killed. But I'm, I wonder if it's a, you know, you get jumped. And most gangs, you get jumped out. If you know too much, you probably get killed. But yeah, I think like if you're just a nobody, fly in the wall gang member, you probably just get jumped out. The and, accountant. And you, they let you write the book or whatever. Uh, actually, we're at MS-14 yeah. this week. <laughs> uh, so. Their numbers are a little high. Yeah, you can leave. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah, you can go. We need one person to... We need to jump one guy out and then leave your hall pass. Yeah. Leave the key to the building. <laughs> your insurance will run out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but you have through the end of the month. Yeah. So you, get whatever you need done. Get your dental work now.
1: But we need your machete. Yeah, we need...
0: <laughs> <laughs> turn in your badge
1: and your machete. Yeah, you turn, yeah turn in your hall pass and machete. <laughs> so now let's move on to... Uh, mine Mine is a twofer one. A twofer? You're going to get a twofer with this story. Twofer. A twofer, which is what they do to you when you join the gang. <laughs> <laughs> and they shoot you two times. So... Let's get going to let's the next get, one. Like I it. said, these ones are, they are the, you got chocolate in my peanut butter, you got peanut butter in my chocolate. Like, right. they're, they're, you cannot separate the two.
0: No, when I think of one, I, th- I automatically think of the other one too. I'm like, <laughs> oh no. Crips and blood. Yeah. Cri- the, d- the, the, d- d- uh, uh, one with the, the, Peg. A gang so scary they constantly have me checking the color of my clothes. Right.
1: Well, we'll get into why you might not have to, coming up later, why you might not have to worry so much about what color you wear in certain
0: neighborhoods.
1: So finally, throw
0: oh, that Cincinnati Reds hat away. You won't need it anymore. <laughs>
1: St. Louis Blues, uh-huh. come on down. <laughs> so finally, a story where the intro line could literally get me killed if the wrong people hear it. We were both, I don't know about you, I don't know how much you actually were, but I was actually kind of like, are we going to get like death threats or like is someone going to to like do something to my car because of this episode? Yeah. And then we thought again. Yeah. Your car. Yeah. My, yeah. My most prized possession. Yeah, they're going to get your car.
0: They're not going to drag you
1: out of the here. one thing I love <laughs> my wheels, my rod. Greg. My- <laughs> but then, you know, I, I know that most of our listeners are in the Latin King. So I think we're OK. We're not talking about them.
0: I don't even know how to get people that would like us to listen to this. How are we going to get people who don't like us to listen to this?
1: So I'm going to be talking about what are really the Coca-Cola and Pepsi of gangs in LA in a lot more ways than you would think. The Crips and the Bloods. Oh
0: boy. They really are. They they are the Dodgers of gangs.
1: And to preface all of this, like I was saying to you before we record, there's no official historian taking the minutes of the gatherings. Ha yeah. ha ha, Snoop Dogg didn't do this. Ha 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 ha. Yeah. I, said yeah. I said it again. I said it again. They're not taking minutes in these meetings or anything. As with all gangs, it's hard to to pin down because all the information you're getting is either from the cops who know a lot but are by their nature on the outside. Well, yeah. Maybe not so
0: much by yeah. their nature. Well, I mean, if it's not by their nature and they snuck in, then they're going to get killed.
1: Uh, well, they have their own gangs. So. Yeah. And also the cops have good reason to lie about certain things in this story or you're getting your information from members of the gangs telling their versions of the story which vary person to person and also a lot of them have good reason to lie about certain things sure, that happen sure also a lot of the people who could tell you the truth are dead and dead men tell no tales unless they get paid but we ran out of enchanted medallions to offer up
0: bring me jack sparrow uh-huh <laughs> it's the only pirates of the
1: caribbean
0: reference i'm gonna <laughs> would, pull out of you my just, butt
1: no, you're just going out of your, uh, you want to parlay that into uh That's something they say. Oh, that's funny.
0: Um, Parlay, pop it. That's funny that you chose that because I think the second two movies are three hours of people... Really underrated? It's three hours each of people bargaining that's what the first one was it was all bargaining. no 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 first one's just like hey, i'm a pirate oh you're a pirate you yeah. you pretty i'm a pirate the second one's like i'll give you three shillings for that pot of gold or whatever stupid and it's like three hours of just what about this oh what about it's like watching your parents get divorced and you have to sit in with a lawyer trying to figure out who gets what but i want cuba
1: <laughs> the, the first movie is all about parlaying it's, it's 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 all negotiating who gets to keep Kira knightley that's all the movie is about.
0: So you can really... And that's what, that's what here we're and going then, to talk uh, about And Knightley is able to chime in and she's like, I'm a woman, but also I want him to keep me. Yeah.
1: How do I choose? Yeah. <laughs> I want the one who looks like an octopus. <laughs> so you can really get 20 different versions of every single part of this story. So the truth must be somewhere in the middle being pulled in every possible direction. So, you know, take that as you will. And to give yet another preface... Gangs are bad. Yeah. But the fact that they were necessary for certain communities to be created in the first place is a actual tragedy. It's like understandable. it's really sad. It's understandable and really sad. Mm-hmm. So doing this research was really confusing at a lot of times because there are times in this story, as ridiculous as it sounds, where you feel genuine sympathy sure. for like, oh, the Crips. They're human beings. They're they're human beings. And understanding there's they're people, the Crips or the Bloods, a lot of these people are just people stuck in really bad situations. Yeah, so I get that. like it's it's you know, like it's hard to defend someone who's selling women, mm-hmm. but at the same time, like I'm not going to defend that. No. <laughs> I'm not even going to finish that sentence. There is sentence, no but, defending that. But it's just like, this is such a bad situation
0: all yeah, around. all around.
1: At the same time, they wow, have they done bad things, mm-hmm. the, these gangs. So to start, let's set the stage of South Central in the late 1960s.
0: Oh, no. <laughs> what's what's this? That's the best that it ever was? Is the stage still there?
1: <laughs> the area was still dealing with the aftermath of the Watts uprising. Mm-hmm. White flight to the suburbs was diverting the government's attention away from places like South Central, so infrastructure was being neglected. Bunchy Carter was killed, and the Black Panther headquarters in yep. South Central was crushed by the LAPD. Black people in L.A. and the country in general, but this is about L.A., were being both neglected by some parts of the government and actively targeted by other parts of the government. It was a time of hopelessness where people didn't have a lot of opportunities for better lives and they felt not only stuck, but that the game was rigged against them, which it was. Mm -hmm. People wanted the opportunity for financial gain, but if you weren't white at the time, that was unlikely to happen. One quote I read said, young people who think they will be able to gain their fair share of what society has to offer are likely to join clubs, scouts, or fraternities while young people who do not believe that society will provide for them may join a gang.
0: Yeah, that's true. It's
1: a, a it's America's tale as old as time. Italian, Jewish, Latino, Chinese, every single group that was marginalized by mainstream America over the years formed their own gangs to keep themselves safe and make money.
0: I don't want to let him into the Boy Scouts. Let's kick him out because he's Italian. And mm-hmm. then two years later, they're running a gang that owns your dad's bakery. Yeah. <laughs> oh, why's it got to be
1: a bakery? <laughs> so the Italians only go after bakeries? <laughs> okay. So- I love bakeries! Uh- <laughs> And I love the Boy Scouts, too. <laughs> Who's making those cookies? <laughs> Italian mobsters. So finally- They age- started as a front, and they got really good. <laughs> now we're going legit. <laughs> tree foils is what we used to do to rats. We'd wrap them in foil That's and funny. put them on a tree. That's funny. Uh, so finally, the age-old question, which came first, the Bloods or the Crips? Easy answer, the Crips. Now, do you know a lot about the Crips and the Bloods? Just in passing. Right. Because you, in like passing by really quickly. Passed by and with my
0: windows <laughs> rolled up, yeah.
1: So now where did the Crips come from? Not so easy. By most accounts, it started with two men. The first was Raymond Washington, born August 14th, 1953 in Texas. He moved to South Central as a kid to 76th Street near Wadsworth. Being the new kid on the block, he was bullied by other kids. So in response, he did the same thing you and I did in response to childhood bullying. He became a bodybuilder and renowned <laughs> street fighter.
0: That's right, we did yeah. that. Look at this. Huh. Ooh, look huh. at my delts. But the biggest bully
1: is myself. <laughs> but I could never build my confidence. (laughs) And what he found was he loved fighting people. Mm -hmm. Raymond Washington. Some
0: people really do. He
1: just loved it so much so that he was regularly kicked out of schools for getting into fights and went to several juvenile detention camps. What he didn't love was guns, which is important to remember for this story. He was very anti-gun. He felt they were cowardly. He loved fist on fist, not as clumsy or random as a blaster, uh, an elegant (laughs) weapon of a more civilized age.
0: Fists. I agree with him. And I agree with the thesis of Friday as well. You don't need a gun. You could just fight. Look at this. Because you can walk away from a fight. You don't need a
1: gun. Uh, the You know, going like, like whoa, in the chair. Oh, yeah, 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 that's, yeah, yeah. You, you can, can good. do that. You could do that instead. Yeah, that's my big quote from Friday is mm-hmm. a gif. <laughs> all you need is fists and a trash can you can throw at that giant guy. <laughs> he used his strength to protect other neighborhood kids from bullies, but at the same time, he also bullied them. Mm-hmm.
0: From what it's, it's funny how that happens. Yeah, it's I funny know. how that works. It's, it's funny how
1: power goes to your head. It's funny how being really strong makes you want to beat people
0: up. <laughs> Especially people who are lesser than you.
1: <laughs> from what it sounded like, he was just a menace to society. Mm-hmm. Uh, a chaotic neutral, if you will. Sure. Uh, 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 this is... That's why we weren't asked to be in gangs. Yeah, this is it. This is number 417 yeah. of why we weren't asked in a game. Strong list. Eventually, he joined a gang called The Avenues, led by Craig Munson, but he beat up Munson's brother and got kicked out. He he just couldn't stop beating up people. This was 1969. Uh, uh, mm, Turbulent year. And this is the soundtrack (laughs) to him beating up Munson's brother. And at the time, he was 17 years old and going to Washington Preparatory High School. No relation, but maybe. This is where he met another 17-year-old named Stanley Tukey Williams, who was his spiritual twin. Okay.
0: Also like fighting people. Uh, were they well, double dragon? I'll tell
1: you. <laughs> you, I don't know why you were deciding to eat a blow pop during a podcast. This isn't candy as is dandy.
0: I brought it out. I brought one for you to eat beforehand. You didn't eat yours, and then I'm talking. I'm I'm looking at it. I'm eyeballing it.
1: Like, I know it looks really good, and I want to eat yours now. But it makes your. It first off, it makes a smacky smacky noise, and it makes your throat dry, Greg. Oh, no, it doesn't. <laughs> Step off for of that.
0: That's so hey, not I think I think this is a good new sound for the podcast. I dig that. On the day of my daughter's
1: wedding, I'm good. <laughs> uh, yeah, for our gangster episode, we stuffed so many oranges in our yeah. mouths and we just couldn't.
0: And I just had they massacred my boy. Yeah, they massacred. That was our warm up. They massacred my boy.
1: They massacred my, my boy. boy. My th- they massacred my boy. <laughs> my boy. <laughs> but I'm a baker. The baker. The, the baker, baker. The baker. Monday, Tuesday. Um. So. Tukey Williams. Do you know Tukey Williams? He's no. kind of He's kind of famous outside of all of this story. I don't. So he was born December 29th, 1953 in New Orleans, New Orleans, the Big Easy, to a 17-year-old mom who beat him and a dad who left
0: him. Sounds like a country song.
1: He wanted, well, it is the South. He wanted desperately to become a Boy Scout, but the opportunity was never presented to him. Me too. And in 1959, his mom moved him on a Greyhound bus to the other LA, Los Angeles, South Central Los Angeles. Also being the new kid in town, Tukey took to getting beaten up by bullies and responded also by becoming a bodybuilder and beating the crap out of anyone he wanted to.
0: Good for him. I like that you say he took to being uh, beat up every day. He took to it really well. Like a fish in water.
1: (laughs) He didn't seem to go the protect the weak, but also bully the weak route that Washington did. Yeah. Instead, he was more about making money. So he took jobs, take this Every part of this story is awful. He took jobs taking care of dogs that were used for dog fighting oh my God. and he eventually got paid to fight other kids and then started Jesus. stealing to make more money. Yeah, It seems at the time he met Washington, he was in a gang called the Denker Boys, mm-hmm. but when he met Washington... Denker? Denker, maybe. Is it's that? a street that okay. runs through South Central. There's another word that I'm going to need you to tell me how, pr- how to pronounce because I okay. know you go to...
0: The salsa. East- <laughs> it's salsa, Daniel. It's the word salsa. Is it Mexico? <laughs> What is this? What is this place?
1: <laughs> so De- Denker, 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 Denker is a street. Okay, so th- the Denker boys. Okay, but when he met Washington, the two were impressed by each other's ability to fight, their muscles and clothes. Which, uh, boy, read into that. So now this is really where things really get muddy because okay. according to Tukey, the year was 1971, but others say 1969. But Tukey and Washington decided to team up. Okay, to what end? Some say that it was to combine their strength and small gangs that they themselves were the heads of into one larger gang that would protect them from other gangs. A classic reason to start a gang. Mm -hmm. Others say that this original group was an activist group dedicated to combating gang violence, which you could say a violent gang is literally combating other gangs as violence. yeah. But the people who believe this is the origin story say that this group was modeled after the Black Panthers to fill the void that their destruction at the hands of the LAPD left for progress for black people in
0: LA. I remember that's probably, yeah, that's kind of what I know is that after the Black Panthers guy, what's his name again? Bunchy Carter. Bunchy Carter. After Bunchy Carter was killed, all these guys that were looking up to him felt like lost and then gangs kind of formed. I mean, if it's true, big if true. Big if true. But
1: also it's a nice thing for people to Say about the Crips, knowing what the Crips later yeah. did, but, but like nobody at, at this point, like who knows? Who knows? Like there's, like I said, dead men tell no tales, yeah. And nobody's going to say like, yeah, we started to kill people, yeah. Or maybe they will. Some of them will. <laughs>
0: maybe them. Yeah. It,
1: it's impossible to tell. So. Others say that it was a political group, but with no modeling after the Black Panther. So already, these are three different stories as to what they were doing in the early days. But whatever the truth is, the fact of the matter was that these young kids couldn't maintain this, if they had it, revolutionary identity, or maybe they were doing that, but were fed up with things not changing for them, so they decided to get what they wanted by force. Right. And the group started to shift into gangsterism, which seems to turn off a lot of the OGs, if you will. I learned a lot of terminology. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty i mean my street cred has gone up hmm, yeah i checked out my 4 points sell i'm going <laughs> to sell i'm, I'm going to sell it's a good time to sell <laughs> get the, these these ogs oh, they had great gangster names like batman vamp elvis mad dog oh, yeah. worm ecky sugar bear bub warlock and barefoot pookie barefoot pookie
0: <laughs> imagine DC coming after the Crips for um copyright infringement. infringement yeah
1: uh, you stole our character barefoot pookie <laughs>
0: his power is his pookie
1: <laughs> he's got super pookie strength yeah
0: his, his kryptonite is shoes
1: <laughs> his mortal enemy is vans <laughs> In all, there were about 30 members of this original group, and the setup would be that Washington would run the east side of South Central while Tukey would run the west. Okay. And that brings us to the most debated point in this story. Where did the name come from? Some of the possible early names ranged from the powerful Black Overlords to the, I wish they went with this one, the Snoopies. Oh, yeah, that would have been cute the Snoopies have taken another.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Snoopy's a regular like foot soldier, but you become Joe cool. That, that's how you know you're at the top. <laughs> Red Baron is like yeah, it's Snoop-
1: the Snoopies versus the Red Barons. <laughs> it could've been, could've, the, the world could have been so much cuter. <laughs> it seems like every single person has their own theory as to where the name Crip came from. So here's a best of of them.
0: Growing up, I thought it was C-R-Y-P-T-S, like Tales of the Crips. And their leader was the Crip <laughs> Keeper. Am I my Crips Keeper? <laughs> And I was very disappointed to find out that it wasn't that.
1: <laughs> I've got a real blood curdler for yeah. you. And it's about them like curling up a blood. <laughs> so here's some of the some of the theories. Those who go with the activist group origins say that crip stood for continuous revolution in progress. Okay. Or community resources for independent people. Sure. Then there's the more offensive theories that say it's a reference to cripples, such as how they cripple. Their enemy. These Got are this is all quotes. It. Yeah. Or that Washington's brother, who was in the gang, twisted his ankle and had to walk with a limp, or that the original Crip Walk had a limp to it, or mm-hmm. because the original members were fans of well-dressed movie gangsters like Humphrey Bogart and oh, James Cagney, yeah. and well-dressed real-life penguin man Al Capone. So they themselves dressed in nice clothing, including having a decorative cane. Then there's the Crib theories. It might have been because when you join, you're still in the crib, or because the neighborhood was their yeah. crib, and people just misheard them and started calling them crips. Okay. Or that you were in the gang from birth to death, or from crib to R.I.P. Crip. Okay. Or because Washington wanted to model that after the avenues that he got kicked out of, so he called them the baby avenues, or the avenue cribs, like the uh, Muppet Babies. Right. right. <laughs> or there's the theory that it was the cribs, and someone was drunk and said crip on accident, and it's just stuck. So now those are some of the many explanations of where the word crip came from. Love it. So now that they had a name, they needed a way to distinguish themselves as a unit. As I already said, some of the earlier people seemed to walk with decorative canes, but early on, Crips seemed to wear leather jackets. Like oh, wow. that was their look, like the Black Panthers. Yeah. They also, in the early days, wore black gloves on their left hands and a gold earring on their left ear. And they wore handkerchiefs and bandanas, which was modeled after some Latino gangs who wore railroad bandanas, Yeah, which is a look I would love to wear today. One black glove and a gold earring and a, a bandana. I could look like... I could look like my two heroes, the blonde guy from Scooby-Doo and
0: Michael Jackson. <laughs> and Michael Jackson with a little bit of Bruce Springsteen thrown in the middle.
1: In my back. I put my bandana in my back pocket. Yeah, in my back pocket. I'm a little different. Later on, they would favor British Knights brand shoes. Uh-huh. They used the six-pointed star of David painted blue as their symbol, which is going to cause a lot of confusion for me this Hanukkah. Um, <laughs> but take that thing down. Yeah. <laughs> um, so greeting people as cuz, I read as attributed by the Crips, but who really knows yeah. to call people cuz.
0: Cuz, yeah. Cuz. I said so. What the hell's yeah, happening right now? What, <laughs> <happening? laughs> uh, what does that mean? I didn't get that.
1: <laughs> and of course, the thing they're most famous for, wearing the color blue. This wasn't so much a thing in the early days, but as things got more divisive and representation became more important, it became literally a matter of life and death to wear your proper color.
0: You don't think representation is important? Go ahead. (laughs)
1: <laughs> you think divisiveness is good, good that's what I'm getting out of this so why blue yeah there's almost as many explanations as there are with the whole name thing some say it was because that was the color of the bandanas kids in juvenile hall wore in the 70s some say it was because blue was the color of Washington high school and that's where it all started mm-hmm. some say uh, because blue because uh, if I was green I would rather die yeah uh, Abba Dee Abba Die mm-hmm. you like that song yeah I know say it say that yeah, you like that I song I like
0: that song um <laughs> I'm trying. There's a jazz song with blue in the title. Yeah, Rhapsody
1: in Blue. Thank They're you. They're big fans of, R- of Gershwin. Gershwin. They're big the, Gershwin the people. Love, that's where another name explanation. They tried to someone mispronounced Gershwin, sound like Gershwin. Gershwin. Yeah. Gershwin.
0: Yep, they sounded like they said that. <laughs> For
1: sure. But looks and mythology is one thing. The Crips needed numbers. What they need is numbers, okay? And I want you boys yeah. to go out there and you want you to sell. I want you to- Crime. <laughs> but look, this whole world, everybody's out there wearing whatever color they want. No, this is what they need. Blues. Blues. Sell the sisters. <laughs> and assistance. lots of it. Lots of blues. Yeah. Cookies, which is slang for marijuana, is for closers. <laughs> the main method they used was to subsume other small gangs like a- like Elvis like did to his fetus, yeah. his fetus, his fetus brother. You said Pac-Man, and it got me confused. You
0: stopped I whenever I, I heard I the word Pac-Man. Pac- yeah. Immediately, I, 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 dropped them, yeah, I dropped everything. I dropped everything. Yeah, they just ate other gangs. <laughs> yeah, they <laughs> would.
1: But then sometimes uh, they, would they would eat turn a ghost. cherry and yeah. they could eat a ghost.
0: Yeah, eat the ghost of the gang. <laughs>
1: Once you've eaten the game, yeah. then eat the ghost. The, so the main method they used is they would subsume Pac-Man style other gangs under the banner of the Crips. The way they, they would do this, they would eat the cherry, was Washington would challenge the leader of another gang to a fist fight and he would beat the crap out of him. Sure. And then he would invite them to join him. Okay. If not, they were forever his enemy. So you either join us or you're now our
0: enemy. What a what an option that is. What about a what about a little middle ground where we just stay away from each other?
1: The middle ground is they throw you in a lake. The middle ground is I
0: bury you in the middle ground. Yeah.
1: The middle <laughs> ground is six feet under. Yeah. <laughs> That's the middle. The earliest offshoots were the Inglewood Crips, the Compton Crips, the Eastside Crips, the Westside Crips, the Avalon Garden Crips, and the 43rd Street Crips. So these were the earliest sort of... Sequels to the Crips. Each of these groups are known as sets that are all part of the Crips, which is a gang. So the Crips is the gang. Each of these things that you'll hear, it's a unit of measurement of gang. It is a yeah. It is it's metric. Yep. Yeah. This gang is four sets. Yeah. In in the United Kingdom they call them grams.
0: <laughs> Spread into solid and liquid, but yeah, yeah it depends. It depends.
1: You're going to need a whole different scale if you want to <laughs> yeah. follow me here. By 1972, there were around eight to ten sets, but by 1978, there were 45 of them. Fudge. Uh, uh, there's not a lot. There's not a lot of structure in the Crips or the Bloods, for that matter. Mm. Some people have the impression that this is an organization like the Corleone family or something.
0: You can't talk to him. He's beneath you. Or uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That no, that's not his role. His role isn't to do
1: that. Yeah, there is like no structure yeah. in the crypts and the bloods like if you rob a place you don't have to give a portion of what you take to some higher up like that's just your money yeah from what it seems you don't even usually need approval to do something like kill somebody from another gang you can just do it everything's just kind of autonomous some sets are even made up further of their own cliques or crews so it, it's the Crips are a gang and something like the 43rd Street
0: Crips is a set and within that there are cliques smaller units of smaller measurement.
1: units of measure they, we've split the atom yes. and guess what it's filled with crips
0: <laughs> so they're gonna mess up not <laughs> Don't drop them. This is
1: what Oppenheimer's about. <laughs> Surprise. It was about the, the here's a crypt for, here's a, here's a classic crypt keeper twist for you. So this dork, this, this dork, this, this dork, I'm talking about Oppenheimer. Yeah, still. he is a dork. This disorganization is part of the reason why there's so much violence, even between one set of Crips that we'll get into more later. The only hierarchy there is, usually is is age. Like that's oh, all okay. they kind of go up. The younger you are, the lower your position. Sure. Sometimes it's little kids who are lookouts that work their way up to drug runner, to dealer, to leader. Again, watch The Wire. Let's watch it just
0: really quickly. And then
1: while we're at it, Let's do Deadwood. Why not?
0: Why not? Why not just, you know, intermix them one for one for yeah, one for let's one? Let's knock
1: it all out. Uh, let's do a little
0: bit Big Bang Theory, too.
1: <laughs> just let's
0: throw a couple in there.
1: Like, in between each episode, we'll watch one full season of the Big, Big Bang, Bang Theory. Big Bang one full season. <laughs> just as a palate cleanser. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: now that I've got all the- It's the well,
0: potato bread of shows.
1: I usually refer to it as white bread. But <laughs> potato bread goes, too. Sometimes it's lingo from a different HBO show about gangsters and people start out as soldiers who work their way up to associates, then to leaders. The favorite hierarchy I saw, this is, it's adorable, but also like- ticklish you are? It,
0: <laughs> the less ticklish you are, the higher you up are yeah. in the group.
1: The leader of all the Crips indestructible to feathers you, he could you could drop him in the middle of a goose factory mm-hmm. and he wouldn't feel not anything. weird about
0: feet not weird about armpits no. he's just a solid piece that's of-
1: another thing about the the crips are really into feet and the bloods are really into <laughs> uh, uh kneecaps that's
0: their thing armpit hair they yeah. love armpit <laughs> they hair love
1: okay so this is my favorite hierarchy it went from so you start out as a tiny gangster to
0: <laughs> <laughs> a little baby Oh, he's got a he's got a, little, he's got a little sailor suit on.
1: He's doing a little Shirley Temple dance, yeah. and that's how you know. If you see a little Shirley Temple dance going on on the street, you know you you know you're looking. you a, a, a tiny gangster. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you <laughs> tiny gangster, hold and, me closer, uh, yeah. tiny <laughs> gangster. So you go from tiny gangster to original tiny gangster to baby gangster to original baby gangster to original gangster to double original gangster all the way up to triple original gangster. Oh, so this is a, a raised pizza of crop. I'm syndicate. This is uh No,
0: I'm a famous original yeah, gangster. I'm... This is the in and out secret menu right. of <laughs> crime.
1: I, no, I'm a double-double gangster. <laughs> I like my gangster's animal style. I'm a original gangster express. Yeah. Adorable. So there's a few rules that everyone has to follow. Respect, loyalty, and no snitching, even on your rivals being the biggest things. Yeah. You have to love your set members as family. You have to honor, memorialize, and avenge the dead, and you can never show weakness. Like, these are just kind of the, the rules of being I'm okay being with most of, of that,
0: but you got to show a little weakness, even sometimes to trick people. Yeah. Just get them off your back because they're asking too many oh, questions. Oh, my
1: shoe's untied yeah. because my knife came out of it. That's how you do it. Yeah. I think we should pitch this to the Crips. We should pitch this to the Crips. Do you have a, a contact? Is there a little email? <laughs> yeah. Let email that we could hit. contact. Crips them up at on? me.com. <laughs> Most of the people in the Crips are young black men from low-income households. Mm-hmm. In 1971, they did start a girl... Oh, this is great. They started a girl set led by Tukey's girlfriend, Bonnie Quarles, called Ooh. the Criplets.
0: Oh. Or the,
1: uh, I say Criplets. It's the Criplets. 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 Yeah, yes, the, the criplets. criplets. The blood counterpart to this was the Bloodlets. And my favorite... Okay, here's the name. Is it Piru or Piru? Piru. I think it's Piru. Piru. I think... Piru. You think it's Piru? I can ask my brother. We'll have an update soon and we can... Uh, you yeah, can I pretend. are you, right? Yeah. So the Piru... I'm going to go with Piru for now until we okay. hear from your brother. The Piru version were called the Roulettes. Whoa.
0: It's pretty cool. That is pretty cool.
1: Gangs are cool. The method of getting in depended on what set you were trying to join. Some people are born into their set or follow their family members in. Some people are you know, like your grandfathered in. Yeah. Uh, original grandfather. Mm -hmm. So some people are harassed and assaulted until they either move away or join. So if your family can't afford to move, then you're stuck and you have to join a gang. You have to join a gang, yeah. But a lot of people aspire to join. And to do so, you usually have to face some sort of trial, like like a sword in the stone sort of thing. Right. Sometimes you'd have to beat one of the members in a fight Tukey didn't like that method because he didn't see any sense in fighting your own gang. Yeah. So he'd make you fight someone from another gang to get in. Having uh, I mean
0: to pitch that. I know. I know where we don't like each other very much, but can one of your guys try yeah. to beat up one of my this guys? This isn't personal. Yeah, this is a personal uh, truce. The truce includes a fight. <laughs> If you were a woman, you might have to have sex
1: with one of the members to get in. Not cool. So no, sometimes you would yeah. What 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 part of what I've said so far is I cool. mean,
0: there's some there's something masculinely fulfilling about fighting another dude. Right. But uh forcing
1: it, someone to have, have sex, sex with someone unless with she her.
0: wanted to, it's a consent thing really. Yeah, I don't she could have wanted to, but also like you know, make her fight. <laughs> so It's also it's Piru. it's Piru. It's Piru. What did I say? Piru? I think I said Piru, but okay, I think so it's, Piru. it's Piru. Piru. Okay.
1: Let's remember Pyromaniacs. Pyromaniacs, which is a gang. Uh, Sometimes you'd have to go on a specific mission or drop this ring in the yeah yeah yeah. in the Mordor, the crevices of Mordor, which is a part of South Central. now. sometimes you, you would have to commit a specific crime like with a specific weapon. Like in some blood sets, you have to commit a robbery with a razor blade and you have to cut the victim to draw blood because you're a blood now. Got it. Getting out of the gang also depends on your set. Like the blood in, blood out, there's all that. But it really seems to depend on what group you're in. Sometimes you would have to be beaten up to leave. Sometimes they don't care and you can just go. Other times you could not leave. And if you tried to, they would kill
0: you. But it's wild to have to check beforehand. I know. Yeah. Like, like they should have information sheets like,
1: oh, you have to kill me to let me out. I don't know. You didn't read the contract. Yeah. You just clicked agree on the user (laughs) terms. Oh boy. boy. I've got some bad news for
0: you. This is it.
1: And we get to keep your iPhone. (laughs) Okay. So what did the Crips actually do? Honestly, not much, it sounds like. Like, even most of the members admit it's a lot of kind of sitting around or hanging out. But when they're not doing that, it's selling drugs, stealing cars, robberies, that sort of thing. Occasionally, worse things like human trafficking. But a lot of it seems to be just kind of like maintaining turf. Again. Yeah. Like, that's all, like, you're you're just, it's like capture the flag. Like, that's yeah. all you're doing for the most part. And there was one other gang in particular that the Crips were up against. Mm-hmm. So the first time the Crips got on the radar of the city at large was in 1971 when a kid who was a Crip died in the custody, quote unquote, of the LAPD. Uh But the second incident a year later sparked something huge. So let's take one Crip walk back Uh first. Like I said... The Crips would go around challenging other gangs or intimidating people into joining them, and many did, but many didn't. And those who didn't were constantly under threat of the growing Crips. Right. Some of these people had the safety of their own gang, but others had to form their own gangs Jesus. to protect themselves from the Crips. Gangs like the Brims, the Bounty Hunters, Denver Lanes, Athens Park Gang, the Bishops, the Inglewood family, and most importantly, the Pyru Street Boys, Okay. started by Sylvester Puddin Scott and Vincent Owens. These gangs actually got into the drug and sex trafficking game before the Crips did, so they had a little bit more money than the Crips, so the Crips started targeting them to rob them, which amped up tension. Sure. So now for the second incident that not only put the Crips into the public eye at large, but also sparked a fire that is still raging today. It's 1972. Curtis Mayfield. Oh, my.
0: (laughs) One of the greatest soul singers of all time. My God, Curtis Mayfield. (laughs) I got chills. You just said his name, and I'm already goosebumps.
1: Well, he's responsible for gang violence in America. <laughs> Curtis Mayfield
0: had uh, let's
1: let's get it on, and uh, no, was that, that was, that's that's Marvin Gaye. Gay. What did Curtis Mayfield you say? Idiot!
0: <laughs> People get ready. He was part of um, yeah. Get
1: ready to fight for the next <laughs> fifty years. So Curtis Mayfield just had a concert at the Hollywood Palladium. Yeah. And the Crips are still heavy into their Fonzie phase, and they are loving leather jackets. Sure. Outside of this concert, a young man named Robert Ballou Jr. What? Do you mind if
0: I check something real quick? What? When did Superfly come out? Do you have that information? No, Superfly has no part in this. Give me a second, because he did most of the music on Superfly, and I want to and see Superfly how- Superfly also wore a leather jacket, didn't he? He did.
1: I mean, like I said, these. Uh, it seems like these early gang members were really into movies, so tell me. 1972. Okay, so this must have been their super. We all went through it. The Crips were in their super fly phase. They're in the
0: super fly phase. They want to see the the creator of the soundtrack with great theme songs of all time, sing and perform, and we're ready. We're dressed. We've got our leather jacket. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay, so Curtis Mayfield has his concert. Yeah. Outside of the concert, a young man named Robert Ballou Jr. was hanging out in a beautiful leather jacket. Mm -hmm. Some Crips came up to him and demanded it. He refused. The Crips beat him to death. To death. To death. This got a ton of press coverage and it was called the Hollywood Leather Jacket Murder. Baloo was a member of one of these anti-Crip gangs, but this was the first time violence between the Crips and these other groups ended in a murder. Okay. So they crossed a line here.
0: Over a leather jacket at a Superfly concert. Yeah. It's not a Superfly concert. It's Curtis Mayfield. Curtis Mayfield is Superfly. He's not Superfly. (laughs) (laughs) Superfly is the guy. Curtis Mayfield. Sure. His music is intrinsic but he's not superfly sometimes Isaac Hayes is is Shaft and sometimes he's not and sometimes he is same thing with Curtis Mayfield and superfly sometimes he is and sometimes he isn't
1: where does the superfly end and the Curtis Mayfield begins so murder had happened yes (laughs) To, to bring it back to an awful incident yeah a line was crossed this incident is to the crip blood war what the assassination of franz ferdinand was to world war the great war okay so this was like this the inciting incident yeah
0: someone lit the someone
1: lit the fuse someone lit the fuse the pyru street boys attempted a truce with the crips after this but it failed the crips said no give me the and, jacket no and, <laughs> oh, it didn't it failed truce it failed go we, ahead sorry we tried and was followed by A crip killed Lyle Joseph Thomas, who was a founding member of the Piru. uh, Oh, boy. And this forced the Piru boys. Am I saying it right? Piru. Piru. Uh, Piru. Why is this so hard for me? I don't know. It's four letters. (laughs) Why can't I just say those four simple letters? Yeah. Piru. Piru. Wait, Piru. Piru. Why can't you? Pi- Why can't I say a Pyru Pyromaniac. Pyromania. Pyrou. Pyromania. Pyrum- Pyrou. Pyrou. Pie, okay. like I eat a bunch of pie. The Pyru is about to disappear and become something else. So this whole episode is going to get a lot easier for yeah. me. So the Pyru boys... This forced them and all the other gangs I mentioned earlier who didn't join the Crips to join together under one loose banner to stand up to the Crips. And they called themselves the Bloods. The Bloods. The Bloodtron, which is really what the Bloods are. It's just a ton of different gangs that are united only in the sense that they all hate the Crips. Like
0: there's- Get so many people to hate you that they form together to right. to knock you out. But
1: but it's so like it's like all the residents of Arkham Asylum teaming up to fight Batman. Only nobody in this situation is Batman. Like that that's really all they are. Like it's just.
0: They they could easily be called anti-Crips still, and it would still make this the yeah. Same amount of sense. It,
1: it's almost like it's like those like WeWork whatever those like where it's just a communal space where oh, like right. a bunch of different companies have office space. Yeah, like they're just almost renting the name of Crip. Yeah, and all they it, it's just different groups that hate the Crip uh, blood, Bloods. I, mean. I know mean. It's yeah. just different groups that hate the Crips. So everything I said about how the Crips function pretty much goes double for the Bloods. Only they wear red instead. Okay, <laughs> uh, why? Well, here we go. It might be because that's the color of Sentinella High School, which is nearby where the Pyrus were from. Uh It might be because it's the opposite color of the Crips blue. It might be because their name is the Bloods. So
0: Blood is red, yeah. Uh, 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 Uh,
1: Show me the book that says that. The name... Here we go. It might have been because it implies brotherhood. You're my blood. It might have been because that was a common thing. Black people in the South refer to each other as blood. Yeah. It could have been from the Vietnam War where black soldiers referred to each other as blood. What's important is that they called the Crips the crabs. <laughs> That's how they got back. They would call them the crabs. That's at the pretty beginning.
0: funny. Yeah. <laughs> I enjoy that. Simple wordplay sometimes. Yeah. It's, it's, the, it's, your, it's the little thing. It's the little thing. That's how you really win the war.
1: Their sign was three dots inside of a triangle, and I guess still is. Many of them would get dog paw tattoos or have three circles branded on them by the heated barrel of a gun. Yikes. So now we have our two armies, the Crips and the Bloods, and things were tense. Crips weren't allowed on blood turf and vice versa, and if they were, violence would erupt. Sure. One example: a blood. This, for some reason, this really got to me. A blood was being buried in a Crip neighborhood, so the Crips went to the funeral home, knocked over the casket, and graffiti the casket and the sign-in
0: book. Whoa. Like for some reason, that really upset. To yeah, me. that's. Pretty. Uh, that's intense. It's mean. It's mean. It's not that's just mean.
1: intense. It's mean. It's very mean. In the beginning, the blood were outnumbered three to one, but they were actually winning the war because they were known for being particularly violent and ruthless, and forcing people to join them. This didn't last long though, because the Crips kicked up their recruitment and outnumbered them even through to this day. Like the, it's like the at the beginning, David Letterman was beating Jay Leno, and then Jay Leno beat him. Yeah, and Jay Leno is still the greatest late night <laughs> talk show host of all time. Steve Allen, who. <laughs> Jack Parr more like Jack Han. The Bloods couldn't compete with this, with their growing numbers. So that's when this escalated in a really bad way. This was the mid-70s, and guns became easier to get. So to hold their own against the bigger numbers, the blood started using guns, a weapon, if you remember, that Washington had been adamant that Crips do not use guns. Yes. By the time the 70s was over, most of the 450 gang-related murders in L.A. were Crip versus blood. But Washington didn't have as strong an influence anymore as the group got bigger and out of his control- So now not only was gun violence a part of gang life, but in 1978, the Crips also started making and selling PCP. So this was a direction that Washington was not happy with. So he started to distance himself because he had had enough of this. Yeah and he didn't want to be a part of this. This was the wrong move, according to at least one other person, because on August 9th, 1979, Raymond Washington was on the corner of 64th and San Pedro when someone drove by and shot him dead. Oh my god. Nobody knows or will tell who exactly did this, but what was certain was that this wasn't a blood. A fellow Crip murdered the founder of the Crips. The culprits were believed to be part of the Hoover Crips, which sparked a mini-war between most other Crips and the Hoover Crips. That ended with 24 Four more deaths and the beginning of the splintering of the Crips as a gang and the start of violent infighting amongst them. That's crazy. That same year, the other founder, Tukey Williams, was arrested for murdering four people in two different robberies. The first was February 28th, 1979 at the 7-Eleven at 10437 Whittier Boulevard in Whittier, where he took the clerk, Albert Owens, to the back room while three others robbed the place, all of them on PCP and Allegedly, Tukey Williams shot this man in the back with a shotgun execution style. It's awful. The second was March 11th that year at a motel at 10411 South Vermont Avenue, where he murdered three family members who worked there. These murders were done to get a total of $170. That's how much money they got. Wow. Uh, Tukey was convicted of first-degree murder in 1981 and sent to death row at San Quentin, although he denied committing the murders and said he was framed by other Crips, a claim supported by the fact that there actually was no physical evidence ever linking him to the places at the time, but we'll get back to that later. Sure. So now, both founders of the Crips were out of the picture and the whole gang was just getting out of control. Mm. Crack came into the scene in 1980. That led to an increase in the murder rate by 50%. And also, they formed their own alliances with Mexican drug cartels to get crack into the country. The profits from all of this crack allowed both the Crips and the Bloods to expand not only around LA, but also around California and then outside the state. This yep. is how that happened. They got more money. They can move to other places. They mm-hmm. can start new sets of the Crips That's and the, the thing
0: that a lot of people are always like, so what if people just want to sell drugs to each other? I'm like, because they get money and then you yeah. buy Uzis with money. Right.
1: <laughs> By 1982, there were 109 Crip sets. And by 1993, the Bloods had spread as far as New York City. New York City. When the United Blood Nation formed on Rikers Island by Omar Porte and Leonard McKenzie, aka OG Mac and OG Deadeye, as a way to protect Black prisoners from the Latin Kings. So now, coast to coast, we've got. Coast to coast. From
0: Long Island.
1: (laughs) How does the song go? Not from Long Island. No,
0: that's not it.
1: (laughs) From the island of Manhattan to San
0: Pedro? <laughs> what's the big prison out here? San Quentin? San, well, what's a Southern Californian, I mean like Temecula, I mean, we have a bunch of, whatever, I'm trying to, from Rikers Island to Temecula State Prison, we have, um, <laughs> Presenting. What's the, I think, what's the scariest prison name? It's either Sing Sing or Rikers, but um, San Quentin is just a place. Rikers sounds scary, Rikers, Rikers Island. is a scary, yeah. Name. And Sing Sing's pretty. There's something like cutesy about it, but yeah, you're like, Folsom. Not, Folsom. 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 Thank you. I joined
1: the Crips just to listen to Johnny Cash music. (laughs) I hear there's a concert today. (laughs) So... They're spreading everywhere. The violence just kept growing. In nineteen ninety-two alone, there were eight hundred gang related homicides in LA County. But the shocking thing is that even by nineteen eighty-eight, half of all the gang violence in LA was not Crip versus blood. It was Crip versus Crip. Oh, wow. Like there was so much and continues to be so much infighting amongst really? the Crips. There was and continues to be, like I just said, so much infighting that the Crips' worst enemy was and are the Crips. It, it, it's Crazy. just always been that way. Yeah. All said and done, way more Crips have been killed by Crips than have been killed
0: by Bloods. Wow. Yeah, you're more likely to die in the way to the airport than in right. a plane yeah, crash. You
1: won't get struck by lightning twice. Yeah, but you will be get you will get killed. But if by you're
0: a Crip, you're probably get killed yeah, by another yeah. Crip.
1: The Lightnings are a set of the (laughs) Crips. The Lightning, the Sky (laughs) Crips.
0: The San Pedro Lightning.
1: (laughs) Zeus was a (laughs) Crip. But for wealthy and middle-class Los Angeles, this was a poor Black problem in South Central. Until... Until. January 30th, 1988, Darrell DeWitt Collins of the Roland 60s Crips accidentally shot and killed Karen Toshima outside one of the movie theaters on Broxton in Westwood. And now Mm -hmm. the problem of gang violence was front and center because now this was spilling into the rich parts of town. Even so, nothing was really done except more cops. Like that's yep. kind of all, that's all kind of I, We fixed been, the problem, guys. Yeah.
0: We bought the cops a tank. What? For <laughs> well, for why? We put more guns in the neighborhood. <laughs> we dropped the year requirement for uh, joining the police yeah. acadam- academy. You only, <laughs> you can be 15
1: and be a <laughs> cop now.
0: You'll get a gun on the sixth day. Uh, yeah, We'll give you
1: $2,000 for joining. <laughs> So, this is when a truly remarkable thing happened. And people talk about this a lot. And it's, it's you know, it's remarkable. It's not, you know, you hear about what I'm about to say. It sounded like something bigger than what it was, but it is still remarkable. The Crips and the Bloods decided to take the situation into their own hands in 1988 when this all happened. A guy named Akilah Sherrills, who went to CSUN, He was either a cripper of blood, I'm not sure, but he had been reading a lot of Malcolm X and James Baldwin, and it made him realize that his community needed peace, and if that was going to happen, it would have to be made by the community because the government was not coming to help he spoke with older members of the gang and he learned that they also wanted to break this cycle of violence they had grown up in so that their kids wouldn't have to be a part yeah. of this. What was the benefit to the black community of young black men yep. killing young black men?
0: And the only option for them is to join a gang.
1: It does, like, it makes no Like, nope. when you take a step back, I mean, this is obvious, like, yeah. but when you take a step back, it's like, what like
0: what are we doing what here? What are we doing? Yeah. Like,
1: what are we doing? So Cheryl's with the help of third-party moderators and football player Jim Brown's. Oh, Jim Brown. His gang intervention program. They spent four years negotiating a truce between the Grape Street and PJ Watts Crips and the Bounty Hunter and Hacienda Village Bloods. Based on the 1949 Israel-Egypt ceasefire agreement as a blueprint, and on April 28th, 1992, a day before the Rodney King riots started, a truce was agreed on at the Nickerson Gardens housing project in Watts. These four groups, two Crips, sets, two blood sets, mm-hmm. had a truce. Wow. Like, they came to peace. Yeah. And people were part, like, crips and bloods were partying together. <sighs> That night, like people were so happy. They were s- like, I don't have to fight anymore. Yeah. Like, it was such a relief to people. I can go visit my friend or my family member who lives in this building that used to be off limits to me. Yeah. So, people were actually happy. They were hopeful for the future. Crime fell not only in Watts because of this, but throughout the whole city. And it wow. inspired similar gang truces between other gangs. And the truce held. Like, whenever someone felt like breaking it, others would talk them down. Like, it's not worth it. Yeah. Like, don't do this. The next step was to get the city to invest a lot of money into the parts of town torn apart by the riots that would have created 74,000 jobs. But of course, the city did not want to play ball.
0: Oh, we're very interested in that. Uh, It's going to cost money. Oh, no, 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 no. no, no, Thank you. Money
1: for jobs? (laughs) Money for nothing. (laughs) But we want to give it to developers. Yeah,
0: we want to give rich people money. I know that they already have money, but what if that money gets lonely? You don't
1: know what money's like. What do you want? What do you you know? You don't want this money. A playground. Where? No. So the money didn't come in. And according to Sheryl's, the LAPD tried to undermine this truce out of fear that the gangs would uh, unite against the cops. So after 10 years- Why? What are the cops doing? <laughs> after 10 years and no economic plan to support it, the truce just slowly faded away. But 10 years- Yeah. And a new generation of kids who glorified the old violence came in and they wanted that as their identity. Part of that desire might've been- because So like- there was nothing to replace it like it was mm-hmm. it was a yeah we stopped we're listening we're ready and nothing came so they just had to go but like people couldn't make money they needed a way to make money and feel safe so they, they it was broken eventually and part of this desire for like younger kids wanting to be in like the old traditional not tr- well whatever the old violent sort of gang it might have been because during the 90s, gang life in LA was a big part of pop culture. Eazy-E was. was a crip, Snoop Dogg, Nate Dogg, Warren G, Coolio, Tupac was a blood who was allegedly murdered by a crip. Yeah. These were people that kids idolized, and there were a bunch of movies at the time as well about the lifestyle. And while a lot of them clearly show that gangs are bad, as a young person, you don't fully understand the reality of just how much damage being involved in something like that can do to yourself. Like, it doesn't, you don't get it.
0: Uh, I was trying to make this joke about the atom bomb, but like we Oppenheimer coming yeah, in a few, weeks. a few weeks, Yeah, or go
1: see Barbie if you want.
0: Yeah, uh, I'm seeing both on the same day, um, as God intended. But you can show 10 people a documentary about the bomb dropping and all the effects the bomb had. And eight people would be like, "That's devastating." And two people were like, "Cool bomb, yeah, cool plane." Why don't we do that more? Yeah, and the, imagine the, how many wars could be ended. And that's that's you know that's what I think of. If you sat ten people down, what right. if you sat two down of them and,
1: are going to join? A, yeah, two, I mean, I'm not. I'm two not, of
0: them are going to watch Menace Society and Be like, that's a pretty cool car.
1: And also, violent video games are yeah, uh, detrimental yeah. to our. And kind I think of, like,
0: Marilyn Manson and he <laughs> play. He plays The <laughs> Matrix. That's a game, right?
1: <laughs> My kid watched Pan's Labyrinth, and nah. now he wants to join a game. She
0: <laughs> wants a. <laughs> He wants to have a little labyrinth of his own now.
1: <laughs> but yeah, no, I like I don't want to sound like it's because of Snoop Dogg's no, lyrics, but yeah. like
0: some some kids The glorification of
1: There's a glorification in certain things sure. and that appeals to some people. Yeah. Uh, that being said, a small portion of the population mm-hmm. are in gangs. A small portion of, of the population will see Boys in the Hood and yeah. think like this looks great. This looks
0: great. This is a way for everyone to take me seriously. Yeah.
1: But so, you know, it, it does it might actually have an effect. But even more recently. Nipsey Hussle was a former Roland 60s Crip who was using his influence to reinvest money in South LA and stop the cycle. And on March 31st, 2019, he was killed by a fellow Roland 60s (laughs) Crip who was just mad at him about something. So his death led to even more ceasefires between the Crips and Bloods. And after his death, crime in the area went down 9%. Wow, really? Really? And these truces are really a lot more common than you would think. Even throughout the pandemic, Crips and Bloods were coming together. Like in Allentown, Pennsylvania, they teamed up to provide diapers to families. And during the 2020 election, Crips and Bloods were together, encouraging people in South L.A. to vote. Because a lot of them were felons and couldn't vote themselves.
0: This sounds like that the when you hear about like biker gangs stopping that homophobic right. church from right. like uh, boycotting funerals or whatever, you're yeah.
1: like, oh, I'm, who's si- I'm I'd hire them to protect my rock and roll concert. Yeah, that's a pretty cool biker gang. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's
0: the same thing on the crips, like giving diapers out. Yeah. Look at and you. then they
1: turn around and like throw a puppy into <laughs> the sky and shoot it. So Crips and Bloods were also marching together during the Black Lives Matter protests Mm -hmm. and the George Floyd protests. Mm -hmm. I remember hearing about that. So peace is clearly something people want. Yeah. That being said, they are still gangs and they are still very active, the Crips and the Bloods. There's believed to be somewhere between twenty to 25,000 Bloods in the U.S. and some 35,000 Crips in 48 states, making them the biggest street gang ever to existed in U.S. history. Mm-hmm. They still recruit the old-fashioned way, hanging out outside of schools or in parks, but they also use social media these days. And I, I read that and I was like... And can I go follow? Yeah. Can they collaborate? Can yeah. we do like a collaborative post? <laughs> but in my mind, it was like getting a message like blood in, blood out? Question mark. Yeah. Like it's not like like it's just sort of how they say TikTok is like a propaganda thing. It just sort yeah. of they use social media to make themselves look cool or look tough and appealing to some. They kids. glorify
0: the the lifestyle, and then people are like, Yeah, me too. Yeah.
1: So both gangs, they also just they literally franchise the Cripper Blood name out to neighborhoods who don't have gangs. Yeah. And they you pay them a fee, and you get protection and the rights to sell drugs in that area in return. They also are into new modern age crimes like identity theft and bank fraud. Cool. The colors, Greg. The colors. Uh, (laughs) This is what this is tonight. We're finally at the uh, headline article. The colors are less of a thing these days because everybody's caught on. So it really just all it does is make it easier for a cop or a rival to spot you. So. Typically, the whole like uh, red and blue thing is like for special occasions. Right. So you probably would be okay driving around. Sure. And that's the LA Meekly promise. <laughs> Go wear red and drive through Piru. <laughs> Piru. Piru? And find
0: out if we're wrong.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Write us. Leave us in a review. Yeah. One star. I drove through the wrong neighborhood. Yeah. Thanks a lot, guys. <laughs> but back to one of the guys who started all of this. Tukey Williams was sent to jail way back in the 80s, early 80s. At first, he did not take to it well. He was put in solitary for six and a half years for attacking guards and fellow inmates. But during that time, he had a lot of free time to think and to read. And very slowly, over that six and a half years, he started to ask himself, like, what have I become? Like, what am I doing? And the answer wasn't something he was happy with. And he realized it was trying to try to fix the problems that he had started He started writing himself and wrote a memoir about his life and also books for kids about how bad gangs are. He started doing calls from death row to schools to convince kids not to join gangs. In 2004, he also wrote a protocol for peace, which was a detailed outline that gangs, like practical steps, gangs could use to make peace agreements with other gangs. And they did, and it worked. Wow. Like lasting peace treaties were made between gangs All across the country because of Tukey Williams' writing. Mm -hmm. For all this, Tukey Williams, co-founder of the Crips and convicted murderer, was nominated for a Nobel Prize in Literature and five Nobel Peace Prizes. Wow, really? Incredible work, especially given his past. But at the same time, he may or may not have murdered four innocent people. people, And who knows how many other gang members he might have killed. A lot of celebrities and people. This is what I was talking to Carl Tart about. Like A lot of celebrities and people were campaigning, like, release Tukey Williams, or at least, you know, stay his execution, which, okay. But you know who he wasn't a hero to was the children of the people he murdered. Allegedly murdered. Allegedly murdered. murdered. Like, they do not see him, like, you know, good, thanks for doing this stuff. You killed my dad. Yeah. You killed my mom. And he denied killing them to the very end. Like, he said he didn't do it, so maybe he didn't. I don't know. Like, it's really confusing to me, so... He's complicated. And he here's an, another confusing and complicated sense to go with it Governor Arnold Schwarzenegger denied the appeal for clemency from the co founder of the Crips. And on December 13, 2005, he was executed. Wow. So it's, it's you know, I hate to lionize or like say, oh, what a good guy. He, not a good guy. No. Like he,
0: he Potentially, did, yeah.
1: Even not like yeah. he started a, a bad gang. Sure. Like he did bad things, but he also did good things. Like it's really, I. Yeah. I do not know how to feel about this. Like, it's really confusing to me. What state was he executed in? California. I didn't know we executed people anymore. We execute people. I think we still do. There was a time where it was not, but it, oh. I mean, if not, we got some in- in- yeah. investigation to do. But no, we. St- I'm pretty sure we still do. Oh, okay. I don't. You know what? I don't know. We're stupid. Okay. So a really complicated issue here, but one story he told from his childhood kind of sums up What, to me at least, is the clear answer to the problems caused by and causing both Crips and Bloods is that when he was 18 years old, he and a few other Crips got arrested and were assigned by the court to be re-enrolled in high school and put on the football team. And they all loved it. Like they were being a part of something. And because of that, they cared about school. Like they went to class, they did their homework. They were students, they were kids. But other schools that this school played football against petitioned the school board to kick them off the team because they were criminals. (sighs) And they were kicked out. They lost interest in school. They went straight back to gang life. Mm-hmm. So thanks a lot, whatever losers. Uh, yeah, whatever losers idea. But yeah, it's just so I don't know. Like it's so uh, again. I don't want to sound like I am saying what good people, but like right. such a bad, sad, complicated
0: situation. You know, you always hear people talk about the lack of resources in, in poor neighborhoods. And a lot of them will say, like, if we only had more opportunities, this wouldn't be the only option for people. Like, one of the two options that there are. Right. And that's a clear example of, like, we had the opportunity after, you know, we messed up. We we you know, it wasn't unforgivable. And we're ready. And we're going to be on the football team. We care about school because we have the football because of our... The unity, what we're now feeling. And yeah,
1: you can be a part of, you yeah. can feel like you're a part of something without being in a gang. And like, just
0: like having more opportunities might be something that yeah. could like pull people out of that situation.
1: No, I no, think. that's money. More, we need bulletproof glasses for the, <laughs> for the dorky cops. Yeah. No, yeah, It's it's, I don't know. The answer is not simple at no. all, obviously. But like, yeah. there's a pretty obvious direction that things should probably go. Yeah. It's sad, unfortunate. It's it's really like it. I went into this thinking like we're going to hear some lascivious stories yeah. about gang life, and it just depressed me it's, and confused yeah. mm-hmm. me. And now suddenly I'm in the piru maniacs. <laughs> He's a Peru maniac. <laughs> so yeah, those are so those are that's two of the biggest, the three I three, guess, yeah. three of the biggest gangs, or at least most uh, vocal gangs. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah operating yeah. in L.A.
0: I was almost going to talk about the Sheriff Department gangs, so I thought maybe another episode where we just talk about corruption and how um, I mean scary law enforcement can be.
1: When you said that, I was like, oh, interesting. And then the more I thought about it, I was like, if we can't get information on these... These gangs. How are you going to get information on the secret sheriff's gangs?
0: Well, there's there's a couple podcasts that cover that. Yeah. Just so go listen to them. Go listen to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, a history. Don't no of Free violence. plugs. No free
1: plugs. Hey. Oh. 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 Yeah. I know where you heard it. It's called Candy is Dandy. The Candy, Candy is Dandy.
0: The Candy Review Podcast yeah. talks a lot about sheriff's gangs, sheriff department gang, a tradition of violence is what it's called. Uh, um, if no you're interested in um, sheriff department gangs.
1: So So before we get to our listener question, we have one thing. We ask you to do one thing every month, Mm -hmm. although we did ask you to leave those. uh, You know, let's double down. Write in something to us, a topic that you want us to do a top three of for our next episode. Yes. Top three blank. Top three grip sets. Yeah. (laughs) Top top three
0: corrupt sheriffs in the history of Los Angeles.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Top three places in Angeles National Park that uh, you can go to. Find
0: an arm. Mutilate a body. Yeah. So now we have our
1: listener question. Sure. This is from EOPB on Instagram. Hi, EOPPB. <laughs> also, most of our listeners are droids from Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How do you find the info for your videos? I'm assuming they found us on YouTube. Right. World famous videos. Because you know history that'll date back almost to the 1800s. And I'm always curious to know the history of the San Fernando Valley, but I don't know where you find that stuff. Crying emoji. Mm-hmm. What, what, I found that like for that r- really like the 1800s, like, re- like some historical society websites go mm-hmm. that far back. But for that sort of thing, the best info I found has been newspaper archives, like through yeah. LAPL or something like that. Like for the the thing that popped to mind was the Sun Valley train robbery thing. Mm-hmm. There was no modern information on that, so I literally went to newspapers from the like eighteen sixty or whatever yeah, and it was. you can
0: the LAPL website. Uh, Los Angeles Public Library, once you sign up for a card, you have access to like LA Times LA that Times. date back to like 1821 or something,
1: right? 18- well, I think there's you because you also have access to some like pre LA Times stuff, Like right. It's just LA newspapers in general that goes yeah. really far
0: back. Alley Sentinels covered by the LA County card, and oh. then also newspapers.com if you want to subscribe to that. It's right. a pretty low fee, but you have access mm-hmm. to a lot of old papers. Uh, uh, there's no right such thing as a low fee. A fee is a fee. Historical societies. And remember, like if you're looking for, remember not just like LA historical society, you want to go to like Chatsworth or Panorama right, right. City's historical society. Go to
1: their dusty ass yeah. buildings.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and also we were lucky enough, like a lot of parts of the valley and LA have been covered by well research books, so you know, you can always go through those and uh
1: Yeah, you can plagiarize just like we do.
0: Yeah, just like we do. Um <laughs> I remember having to do research uh for our live show for the nineteen twenty four plague and those papers mm. were oh, kept God. by yeah. Huntington Gardens. So I had to go to the Huntington <laughs> sorry, the Huntington Library and do research there.
1: No, they're in the they use it as fertilizer and you have yeah. to
0: like dust it off. Oh, that's by the roses. Um that is <laughs> by the roses the
1: roses love that information. Yeah
0: so yeah you you could just uh, a deep enough internet search and you could find out who holds the true information you're looking for then you might have to make an appointment during the week to go to a place where they only take your backpack in yeah
1: They won't let you take your backpack. They won't let me take my, my mace.
0: They yeah. won't let me take
1: my brass knuckles. What? What, are, yeah.
0: what is this fascism? Uh, CSUN also has a great archive on the San Fernando Valley, too. If yeah, you archives. Contact, if, if you want to contact the CSUN's, um special collections people.
1: Yeah, no free plugs. So yeah, that's uh, that's maybe the first of some gang episodes. Yeah. Or maybe the last episode you'll ever hear of us because we
0: offended the wrong people. Mm-hmm. Usually we offend the right people. Yeah, but this time we did, we did a bad.
1: Yeah, we did a bad, bad thing. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, but hopefully we can cover more of the um, street gangs and uh, talk a little bit more about... Hopefully. Hopefully. Hopefully, God willing. God willing, by the end of the year, we'll talk about more of them.
1: So, yeah, we'll see you. uh, We'll be releasing the live episode in a couple weeks uh, from our live show that we did last month. Uh, because we didn't want to double dip on the same topic in we one not. month. And uh, send us in your things for let next month's episode and uh, enjoy your July. Yeah. It's going to, who knows how hot it's going to be by
0: the end of July. Really hot, I imagine. Uh, happy four. Yeah, happy four.
1: So uh, that's been yet another episode of Ellie Meekly.
0: Curtis Fly wasn't super fly. Curtis Fly? Curtis Fly. <laughs> Curtis Mayfield. Mayfield that's what it
1: is Curtis Mayfield, Mayfield. wasn't Superfly since unless he was he was never Superfly never he was, Superfly. Superfly
0: was- he was Superfly and then he wasn't Superfly yeah, it was
1: it was a real fight club situation <laughs> <laughs> only it was meta and somehow the composer was in the movie yeah it was made by Mel Brooks much like The Elephant Man full circle
0: <laughs> you're thinking of another movie <laughs>